Welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. I'm Jay Late Night Larson. And I'm Lyndon Chalky Cabellion. In each episode, we will be talking to different surfers and surf shops to learn more about them and their passion for surfing. We will be diving deep into their experiences as well as their involvement and contributions to their local communities. Be sure to check out our website and Instagram feed for updates on future shows. Thank you for your support, and we look forward to sharing these great stories with you. Pada Sushi, a new sushi place here at the Albertsons in Newland Center. Your go-to spot for grab-and-go sushi, handmade, fresh daily. You can get all your favorites or get something custom. And make sure to stop by on Fridays for the $5 special. Pada Sushi. At Albertsons in the Newland Center off of Beach and Adams. Fuax. The wax that's found under all of the best surfers on the planet. You mean late night? Always under my feet. And Chalky? How do you think I pull those big airs? And layback Lars. And those laybacks. Wait, whoa, 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 we're not doing the 90s again, are we? I don't do those anymore. Foo Wax, the best wax in the game. Foo Wax. Bonsai balls. They only use real Asahi, not like all those other imitators using sorbet full of sugar. Yuck. They also get their honey from a and bee pollen from a bee farm. Healthy and delicious. No processed honey. What also makes them amazing is that they roast and make their own peanut butter. Damn! They've got seven locations. And download the Bonsai Bowl app to skip the line. Skip the line. Order ahead. Bonsai Bowl, healthy, delicious. Caliente Southwest Grill. Healthy Mexican food featuring local organic ingredients. They also have great salads, vegetarian and gluten-free options. Wow. Yep. Don't they also cater and make party packs? They do. They have all your needs for all your events. Nice. Visit calientesouthwest.com. Or go to the restaurant in Costa Mesa off of 17th Street. Caliente Southwest. Ashland Hard Seltzer. Crafted in San Diego. It's an adult beverage built for all walks of life. Bro, you've had it. I've had it. It's delicious. It is so good. It's refreshing. Only a hundred calories, all organic, no sugar, also gluten-free with 0.0 carbs. Hashtag enjoy cold Ashland hard seltzer. There is a saying that you don't stop playing when you grow old, but rather you grow old when you stop playing. Iconic life is an adventure-driven company that seeks to embrace life to the fullest and to never stop playing. Check out their natural hemp CBD products that help those that believe in that philosophy. Check out Iconic.com. Spelled I-K-A-N-I-K. Again, Iconic.com. Or on their Instagram at Iconic Life. Friends and family, brothers and sisters, welcome to the Late Night with Chalky podcast. Lyndon, you're getting really good at that. You say that every episode, bro. Just Why? like I say it every episode, too. <laughs> <laughs> this guy and me and you, our guest this week is... I thought we were going to say our sponsors. We can. It's Sam. I, I thought you were going to introduce him first. No, no, I want to do that. I want to do, do that? Okay. Yeah, yeah. So today, first time ever, we sat down before the interview and had some glorious 
Pot of Sushi. Pot of Sushi was amazing. Shank Smoker, James Shank, thank you very much. It was fucking delicious. Yes. And we wash it down with some of our uh, Ashland's hard seltzer. Ashland hard seltzer. Yeah. Gluten free. Yeah. I mean, look at uh, our guest. He's yeah. looking pretty svelte. He's yeah, probably. Okay, let's get to our guest and we'll, we'll talk about more of our sponsors later. Okay, okay. Well, no, hold on. <gasps> and for <clears throat> our guests, our other sponsors, our buddy, Mike Melia, oh, makes yeah. our killer trucker hats. Trucker hats. We have a guest, or we have a gift for our guest. And then also, we've got Bonsai Bowl cards for free bonsai bowls yes right thanks you, joe you Delicious. need two more because you have a family of four right take as many as you'll give me yeah <laughs> all right all right let's get all to right. our guests all right i want to get that out of the way this is oh, sick shit. our guest is ashen thank you pot of sushi thank you thank you iconic life all of our sponsors yeah uh all right this week's guest former pro surfer had a great surfing career rips power yes, he rips uh, power yeah, power, power. style, and air. air. Air, big guy. Yeah, kill me. And uh, <laughs> but it was his passion for surfing, his great attitude, his hard work ethic that helped him transition from being a powerhouse surfer to a powerhouse sales rep. Whoa! Yeah, I like that. Yeah, right. And we're not talking about me. <laughs> yeah, you weren't that powerful. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Uh, he works for great brands like Astrodeck, Matson, Eyewear, Block Surf Accessories, and Salty Crew. What? How, how's that line up? Salty Crew too? He must have a freaking an, a, an office manager and a sub rep, or maybe he needs a sub rep. Oh, you're killing me. <laughs> no, but uh, he's uh, regarded, you know, as you know, one of the best surfer reps in the industry. And he's a veteran, and he rips, and he's our friend, and, you know. Um, Welcome to the fucking show! Welcome to the fucking show, Casey Knee Brace <laughs> Curtis. No, Casey uh, Curtis! Do you, up, you have any nicknames? I, I meant to ask you that. No, never really had much of a nickname. All right. I threw out the knee brace yeah. because, I mean, that's Some part, of, part of your story. Some probably say differently, but nothing ever stuck. Yeah. yeah. Part of your story, and we'll talk about, you know. All the famous shots and, and video segments with the knee braces on. Yeah. Ro Robo. Sir. He was pre-LAR. He was pre-late night with the videos from from St. Clemente. Yeah. yeah. A year or two. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. We're pretty close. Yeah. Pretty yeah. Close. We're young. I'm older, we're young than, I'm older than Jay, I think. <laughs> yeah. Casey Curtis. Casey Curtis. I like Casey Knee Brace Curtis. <laughs> <laughs> That's pretty oh, good. Shit. No. But um, wow! Well, thank, dude, yeah. thanks for thanks, thanks for having me, guys. Yeah, honor. It's pretty special too. Sushi, yeah, well, that, pot that of sushi, pot good. Yeah, and the Ashland, Love the dude. Bowls. Yeah. Ashland's looking good. Yeah. All right, let's get to it. This is it. SoCal, <clears throat> loco. Grew up. Grew up in San Juan, Capistrano. Yeah, and I grew up running around in San Clemente. Is that and, where the uh, salmon? You're kidding me, right? <laughs> the salmon flock from swallows. Oh, the swallows! Yeah. You're serious. <laughs> there, was the probably, there was probably there was probably salmon swimming up the creek at one point in time. But yeah, it's known for the yeah, good old San Juan Capistrano. Love it. It's, yeah, uh, born and bred. Uh, actually, born in Long Beach and born in Long Beach born too. In Long Beach, yeah. And uh, getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. 
Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Moved to San Juan when I was about six. Wow. And been there pretty much for the most part. Nice. Do you remember much of Long Beach? A little bit, yeah. What, what part of Long Beach? We grew up right there, gosh, at the 605 and kind of like by like Millican High School. Okay, yeah, yeah. yeah. Sweet. So, Lucky not, for you, Knox, you got the hell out Knox of there. Knox Street <laughs> was my, the street we lived on, but yeah. Yeah. It was cool. It was great. I mean, back then, it was a little while ago, so it was, but yeah, only till so six. San Juan, close to the beach, but not like. We were beach. considered away from the beach, even but, though like I was like just right up that creek from, yeah. from the harbor in Dana Point up. About three miles, but uh, yeah, lived right on a creek and had a great upbringing. Yeah. So, a bunch nice. of friends, and we just got to play and goof off the whole time yeah. as kids growing up. How'd you get introduced to surfing? Uh, was boogie boarding a little bit with some of the neighbors and stuff, and going to like, uh, we'd go to San Clemente Pier when, when I was younger, and then uh, parents were divorced, and my mom, or uh, my now. Uh, Stepmom uh, was a full surfer from Long Beach and Huntington. So no her and my dad started dating. We started surfing more, and it was probably about fourth grade where I was like, I got the bug and was. She, she's like starting I, to surf. I got to make a good impression yeah. on this guy. Yeah. I'm gonna yeah. take the kids yeah. to the beach. Yeah. So did your dad surf or? Did yeah, you... he surfed a little bit, but it wasn't until he met my my stepmom. So yeah. I always call her my second mom because yeah. very lucky to have her. Um, but yeah, kind of funny story. But she knew she ran around the same circles with Aaron Pie. And, uh, You're kidding. Yeah, Aaron's girlfriend at the time, back way back then, was, was my stepmom's best friend. So. No way. Yeah, I used to go to HSS world. when I was like a grom. And my dad actually lived in the condos right there, just north side of the pier, those white condos. <laughs> nice. So we'd go to HSS and get our stuff, and Aaron would be there. And uh, gosh, it was Greg, uh, Greg, can't live, forget his name, Gio. Gio. Gio was working Greg there, Osses. and all those guys. And yeah. It was pretty fun. That's crazy. Yeah. What a small world. See? Did you get ridiculed, though? <laughs> I don't know. I was, I was young. I was 12, 13, Because uh, those 12. guys were pretty good at uh, grom yeah. abuse back yeah. then. Yeah. What do you want, Wax? Did. Yeah. I didn't care. I was in the surf shop, so I was stoked. So, yeah. It's nice. funny. So yeah. who, um, who was your, like, crew when you would go down the beach with your stepmom and dad and, and who, like, kids on the neighborhood? Who? We, was, we were more kind of, I was more, like, surfing <laughs> around either up in Huntington or, or going up north they were going up to Santa Barbara a lot so we were kind of doing that and then I was by the time I was like in fifth or sixth grade that's when I was probably surfing as much as I, if I could get to the beach but yeah. I didn't really like really get like hooked until I was probably like sophomore in high school yeah oh, wow yeah. yeah so so you moved to San Juan Capistrano sixth, yep. sixth grade 
Your dad started dating. About six. I was in first six. grade. Yeah. yeah. First. So so how old were you when you first started surfing after boogie board? Probably probably about fourth grade. Fourth grade? Maybe fifth grade was starting to like yeah. stand up on the boogie board. I think I got my first surfboard when I was in seventh grade. What'd you get? Do you remember? It was a Herbie Fletcher. Nice. Oh, wow. Herbie Fletcher from San Clemente Surf Company back there where the cat old catalyst shop. Is which is a whole nother story. Twin, that no, was a thruster. Thruster. It was, a thruster. It was my first like new board that I got. I think yeah, I had had a couple like used boards that my dad had. Crazy spray and everything. Like crazy and, spray. Yeah. They had like the light blue with the. Remember, it was like had like these stripes, white and red stripes with like light blue. Probably pretty silly actually. But how, it looked super cool to me. Got that board? Fourth grade, so it was probably like. Well, might have been might have been sixth grade. I think I was like thirteen. Yeah. 12 or 13. Yeah. Nice. Such a big deal, right? Like oh, getting yeah. your first first yeah. surfboard. And that was a Herbie Fletcher. It was a Herbie Fletcher, yeah. Was, was Herbie shaping him or was it, was it like a I don't know. There was a, I know he was shaping a lot of longboards, but I don't know if he probably had other guys shaping boards. I don't, I don't know. Maybe you did. Yeah. But um, I don't really remember him being a shaper. He, he's always I mean he's always yeah, I remember been, he's, been, he's always been building stuff and building boards and making yeah. fans I remember him shaping yeah. his own, own boards but I don't remember seeing him as like selling them yeah anymore, but yeah well that shop down yeah. there off of Pico that old shop was originally Rick James Rick shop. James yeah <laughs> it's not the salmon coming home it's, it's, uh, Rick James was a shaper out of San Clemente yeah. and, and a close family friend I think it went from Rick James to the Herbie Fletcher shop and then turned into San Clemente Surf Company. And then now that's where that's the lost shop. But that's where I like, nice. lost first started shaping boards, Matt. And them. Wow. So what other spots would you guys, you said you went up to like Huntington and Surf, yeah. Newport. Like you're pretty yep. fortunate to have like. I was lucky. Yeah. To be able to go super, up and down the coast. Lucky. Really. And uh, unfortunately, my like I said, my parents had split up and. Uh, when I was young, but my dad was always, you know, we'd see him every weekend or every other weekend, and my mom and him got along for best they could, and, yeah. and it was, we were fortunate, like, there was not any real drama that we saw, me and my brothers. Nice. But, but so your we dad lived in Huntington. He, he ended up moving to Huntington. Okay. And then, uh, probably. Married, married the surfer. Right, like, not too far after when we moved to, from Long Beach to. Got it. Yeah. Sam got Long. it. And he married. Yeah, he started surfer. dating my stepmom, but they didn't get married in. Until like ten years later, but she was my stepmom. Yeah. So you said She's you didn't awesome. really yeah. get serious into surfing until as far as like competitions or anything like that. Yeah. Like all through junior high, that's all. I mean, I kind of grew up more as a jock, and I attribute that to where I grew up in San Juan. We just had such a rad crew of kids, young and old. So we just whatever sport was in season, we just did it, and you know, yeah. we played baseball, we played soccer, like AYSO and stuff. But we just were always yeah. staying active. Riding bikes and skateboards and yeah, that's what we did. Building, then, that's building crappy ramps and all all that stuff. So, so we, we, we take away electronics yeah. and, and social media and all outside. that. You go outside. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Hear that, parents? <laughs> no, <laughs> no, I wish I. Yeah, I, I hear that. Yeah. So were you heavily into skateboarding, or was that just like I, I skateboarded? I surfed. Um, I was more into soccer and, and baseball, and then that turned into soccer and volleyball when I got to high school, and uh, was still surfing. Like, still super oh, passionate shit. about surfing. And by the time I was in junior high, I was, like, the big Tom Kern fan. I had, like, every picture on my wall. Like, I cut out every, th- every picture of Tom Kern and stick yeah. it on the wall. This guy could have been, like, a linebacker tight end or yeah. something. Yeah, this guy. Uh, I, wasn't, I wasn't this uh, <laughs> round and then. I was pretty skinny. But, so, uh, growing up then, 
who who were you looking up to in that area? Because there's a lot, right? When I was younger, I didn't really like. I I knew of, of you know the McNulty's, and when I, it was more when I got to high school that I kind of knew like, oh, you know, Christian Fletcher's here, and Archie, and you know Jim Hogan, and I mean there was a handful of really good yeah. surfers that came out of there. Yeah. That, a lot. So it was fun. So yeah, once I started, once I got into high school and started surfing, and had a friend that had a car that we'd get to the beach consistently, we started you know going down to trust. Because you couldn't surfing. ride a bike from San Juan. No, you had to like, hit your ride. Didn't have an electric bike that went twenty miles an hour. Yeah, yeah. right. Yeah. So so it's kind of funny because you know here you are, you're you're close to the scene, right? Yeah. San Clemente was yeah is was is still an epicenter for surfing, yeah. right? And, you know, when we had magazines, right? Yeah. Surfing, surfer, a lot of the fucking pictures were from your area and your peers. Oh, yeah. San Clemente had a, an awesome group and it was pretty localized back then, which freaking miss these days. But also, you know, I spent a lot of time at Creek and when yeah. I got older and there was a rad group down there. Yeah. You know, Mike Kershank, Mike Howard. I was gonna the say Phillies, the Phillies. Yeah, there was an amazing There was amazing. Pat and Vinny, you know, yeah. came out of that spot. Yeah, and, uh, and what, what I was saying, Snaps, like, we're all close in Laguna too. You know, it's yeah. like now being older, it's so close, but it seems so far away. Back it then. was, Everywhere. you know, I'm trying to put myself in your shoes, like when you were young, growing up, seeing these guys, right? Mm -hmm. And and when you started getting serious about surfing and cutting out pictures in the mag, you said Tom Kern, but then you're like. Holy shit, that guy lives. I see that guy. I see that day. guy here. Yeah. Oh, that's our spot over here. So yeah. that must have been kind of like funny and surreal at the same time. You know, like, it holy was, shit, uh, well, these guys are good. And they're, they're, they're from my, you know, neck of the woods and they're in the magazines. Well, that and just having parents that are interested or in the sport, yeah. going to San Clemente, Huntington, all these other spots, because yeah. most people yeah. in your area would go like, Doheny, the parents that don't know, yeah. it's like, you, you know, that would be the family. Well, that's right. I grew up going down to Doheny no, too. And, no, for sure. Know, but like, I was, even when I first started surfing, that was kind of that's one the of go the easier yeah. spots yeah. to get to. And Hogan said the same thing. Yeah. It's like, that was, that was the spot. That and the, the piers were, you know, honestly, Doheny and the, the pier were where I kind of learned how to stand up on for the For sure. Yeah. I mean, what perfect little, yeah. you know, zone to like learn. So when did you start getting into competition, surf competition? That happened after... I ended up moving, went to San Clemente High School, freshman, sophomore year. Uh, mom decided to move up to Santa Barbara, which was where my dad was living at the time. And uh, so she moved us all up there, which we didn't really want to do, but we did. And so moved up to Goleta. And, uh, You're kidding uh, me. Yeah. We moved up to Goleta, went to Dos Pueblos High School. This was probably like 86. Anyways, it was... Uh, Full Hick Town, like yeah. Goleta, which, which is right there where uh, UCSB is, but yeah. it's just on the other side of the 101 at BCH. And uh, it was like I showed up, full surfer kid, blonde hair. You know, and I was once again not doing contests at the time, but I was surfing a lot and yeah. uh, and just started driving. And so went to the school, started playing, you know, soccer and volleyball. And like, I think there was like three surfers in the at the school. Wow. And uh, <clears throat> yeah, it was like pretty loose. So. Like, I just would start surfing and, you know, missing school. I'd just make sure I was getting great, you know, decent grades. But I just would start surfing with a couple of these guys. And we surfed all over the place. And then that somehow started surfing a little bit better. And then one time we did this, uh, like, they had the tryouts for the Channel Islands team down at, uh, uh, what was it, right Bro, there inside, inside, inside Rincon. 
Yeah. They used to have like, the, the beaches right there. And so I went down to one of those and so they, tried they, out they, tried out for the team and you know full team contest. Like you want to get sponsored and yeah, well they would they would have these uh or workout. workouts yeah. every week, like or every other week. So whoever wanted to show up could go show up and then they would do the workouts with the team and then they would end up having So you met Al. Al was down eventually, there. but ended up meeting a couple of the guys and uh, you know, Jamie George would be there and kind yeah. of like that. Like I ended up getting to hang out with Jamie for some time when he was just I don't think very you, know, you remember Jamie George? Yeah. Yeah. He was like Jamie the hockey. He was yeah. He was gnarly. He, he was, was gnarly. So gnarly. So anyway, started. Um, I think so they. Ended, did they I think they ended up like, oh, okay, we'll get you some boards. You know, you put you on the B or C team or whatever, and you get a little discount on the boards. And I was like, wait, no what, way. what grade again was that? Like, I was in tenth grade. Wow. Okay. Oh no, no, no. Yeah, tenth. No, eleventh grade. Yeah. So I was getting a little bit yeah. older, and like I said, I was driving. So, and then they had a contest there in Santa Barbara at. Uh, and I did the juniors division and, and ended up getting second. And that was like my first contest, like local contest. And then I, I was no, just no NSSA, no WSAs prior, really? And none of that. Wow. And then when we ended up moving back to, uh, that, that lasted almost a year. And then we ended up moving back. So I did my senior year at Dana Hills yeah. and, and the last part of my junior year. So when we moved back, I didn't go to San Clemente. I went to Dana Hills because I just stayed closer friends with some of the crew that was at Dana Hills. And uh, so your, that, par- your parents were like, "Hey, you doing... could go back to San Clemente or what?" Yeah, and I was said... driving. We moved back to the San Juan, same house, and it was equally the same drive to either high school. So I just went to Dana Hills, and that's when you know I became good friends with Pat and Vinny, and that, yeah. we had a really fun crew there. And then just started surfing Creek all the time, and yeah. started so... doing the NSSA, started doing like trying out for the U.S. team, and yeah. So hold on stuff. a second. What's Funny about that story is not probably not too many people know that you lived in Santa Barbara for that brief stint. Yeah, but it's it's funny to hear that you moved there to Santa Barbara, Goleta, a part of Santa Barbara, which you would think there'd be a ton of surfers, yeah. but there wasn't, right? Not not at not, not in Goleta in Santa Barbara there was, and yeah, then, you know and. But you, you know, got to be a better surfer. Well, and I was, I would say. Right? You know, like, I almost feel bad saying it, but I was super lucky when my dad met my stepmom, and she was just a full-blown surf crazy rat. surfer. Yeah. And they ended up going to the ranch when I was like seven or eight, and my dad just fell in love with the place and yeah. ended up having property up there and living up there. So I was, when I was in Glita, he was living up on the ranch so we Damn. were getting to go surf up there all the time and that was a huge part of Dude, being able sure. to surf you know yeah. that was back when it was empty. it was super Driving localized yeah. super localized and uh pretty empty for sure especially yeah. some of the other spots nothing like it is now yeah but uh and that's where i would you know one of my dad's friends was good friends with tom kern so tom kern would come up there and surf and i would just be like oh my gosh how, how funny is it to hear though that you know you lived in epicenter of surfing one of the epicenters of surfing to to and you didn't surf that much right but then you moved to galita and you kind of yep. you you're not forced to surf more but you wanted to surf more wanted to surf more yeah and yeah. You, you got what's funny is you probably accelerated your um ability before i, I didn't even you know I, mean? I, I never would have thought that i would ever be like a real competitive surfer what, and, then, what? and when I was like a freshman sophomore I was like gosh that would be so cool but I just ne- I, you know never yeah. was even close to like you know seeing, seeing Shane Beshin down at the beach or yeah or, what boards were you riding before like moving up to Santa Barbara and, and getting some CIs and stuff like I just, just had I just had like a hurry flash from I think the next board after that I got a board from Hobie and then uh 
That is I crazy. I, I didn't have that many boards. So yeah. It's kind of like it's yeah. one it's board and I'd have it for like a year this, or two, you know? Yeah. It's crazy that you left, you know, that area, yeah. which is fucking more, yeah, more than super hub. high yeah. performance and then got better up there. And it, honestly, yeah. if I was living right down next to Salt Creek where I could walk to the beach or living down you in San Clemente where I could yeah. walk straight to T Street, it probably would have been different. But yeah, we just, I just, like I said, I was a, a jock. I wasn't a surfer. Yeah. That's so funny. Okay. Yeah. So you moved back down. Yeah. yeah. And you started... Yep. Getting into yep. more Still played soccer and, and volleyball in high school and then was just starting to do more competitions. And it wasn't until I was like a senior that I think I, I think we won CIF at Dana Hills that year, which was CIF pretty awesome. What? The CIF surf, whatever, for high school. I know, but CIF in what sport? Surfing. Oh, nice. Yeah. I wasn't that good at soccer or volleyball. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I think I was all right, but I wasn't like... But that's a team Wasn't sport. going off and getting a scholarship somewhere. <laughs> Um, so you 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 were friends with like uh, you said you mentioned Pat O'Connell and Vinny and those guys were you seeing them at the beach prior oh, yeah. and like you just yeah, knew yeah. so when you went to school there they embraced and I, and I had a whole group of friends that that I already knew that were going there and I didn't didn't know Pat or Vinny until I started going to high school at Big okay. Hills and we just became good friends and so yeah. you know Vinny was already doing well at the PSAs and was right. like oh, I think he turned pro he wasn't even on the the high school team. Yeah, because he has already, I think, turned pro, and then Pat was super freaking Ohio, wherever he, you know, just frothing. I mean, he hasn't changed one bit. Yeah. Well, well it's interesting. He started surfing late. As he started well. surfing like, late. I mean, and he started and early, and he but he just took he yeah. took off, and he he's he's a good athlete. He's, he's a good he athlete. Can do whatever. You know, so did, to. did people trip out that when you moved? Like, because when you moved, no one really noticed you as a surfer. No. But then when you moved back, you were surfing yeah, was a lot. Surfing better. a lot. Yeah. Didn't that trip you out and other people out? You're like, whoa. Yeah, Where'd Casey really go? Looked, looked at it that way. But like yeah. I said, I kind of was going to San Clemente High School in, in that crew. Yeah. And then and then when I moved back, I went to Dana Hills. So like a couple of the guys that I, yeah, probably a couple <laughs> of my good, good friends that I had in junior high that we, that we that's all we were doing was surfing when we could on the yeah. weekends and stuff. But you're just, I mean, in that day and time without social media, you're pretty much removed. Like, you know, you don't hear, you don't stay in contact like, at that age, or even earlier, I was doing all the like WSAs, NSSA. So I was yep. still traveling. It didn't matter. You'd still see the same guys every other yep. weekend or every weekend. Like, oh, yep. hey, you know. But you, but he wasn't even no. That's what I mean. So yeah. you moved away and didn't have that yep. weekend connection with the events and stuff. You just, just just think of his friends <laughs> going. Maybe I should move to Google. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that's uh, what it takes to hey, the, the ways step aren't, up ways my aren't, game. Ways aren't that good up there all the time. You got to definitely have connections to the ranch and have wheels to drive uh, up and down the coast. Well, and there's some great waves up there. There are for sure. Yes. So, so your first sponsor was Channel Island. Yep. Nice. And uh, what was it? Free boards? Oh hell it? no. <laughs> Just a yeah, wholesale. I think I was like on the B team or something for yeah. a while. Yeah. A couple years. I don't think they By really... the time I got to, like, when we moved, when I moved back, I think I had a few years or a few months left of my junior year and then started doing, like, all the NSSAs and yeah. all that stuff that summer. So did... I'd had, like, a year and a half where I was just, that's all I wanted to do was Did to you get to meet to be Tom Kern because of CI? No, I got to meet Tom through friend. my dad's friend. Yeah, okay. Like, he would literally, he would range. literally bring Tom Kern up and he would call my dad and be like, hey, you know, because he knew, I, I was like, I mean, that was like the Kobe Bryant to me. Yeah, oh, for Jordan. sure. Like Tom was like, 
Tom, Aki. I mean, I like Carol, but Tom and Aki were like my two favorites. Oh, that, yeah. I think that's every kid. Yeah, that's, that's every kid. That's and every kid. So too. Tom would come up there and I'd get to go, you know, they'd either pick me out or my buddy, dad's buddy would either pick me up a couple times or I'd just go down. Okay, he's going to be surfing rights and left. So I'll just go down there and wait for him. Yeah. <laughs> and he would show up. And that was back when, the, before he won his first world title, but he was like. Holy shit. Kicking ass. Yeah. And he would come up there and I remember for a while, uh, my buddy Charlie would come. I'm like, dude, when are you going to bring Tom up? And he's like, well, he doesn't really want to come up here. And I'm like, well, why? And he's like, well, waves are too good. So he wants to go surf crappy beach breaks because that's what he's got to That's what he's got to compete in and yeah. do that. And I was just baffled, like, oh man, all right. So yeah, yeah. I got to meet him a couple times, and it was it was. Did you surf with Tom? Yeah, yeah, full times. That's pretty fucking crazy. It was it was a, like not too many people. It was, have it was awesome. Yeah, it was, at, it was awesome. at the ranch, right? Yeah, absolutely awesome. That's insane. And he's a super nice guy. Super shy, but super nice guy. So yeah, he just dropped a. Or did, you get, some, did you get some pointers? Uh. Well, I think we all got pointers. Yeah. I think we all wanted to surf like Tom Kern. Uh, watch, you know, every, watching watching Kelly come times. up and turn into the surfer he was. There was a lot of yeah. that rail game and style came from Tom. Yeah, I think everybody. Yeah. But it, he just, speaking of Tom, you just see his rip curl. Edit. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. That just dropped so on So did you say he just dropped rip curl? No. No, 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 no. no, no. no rip, dropped the thing. Okay. rip curl dropped in this little surge. I saw him down watched Mexico. It last night. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. Casey posted about last night, bro. Was, oh, sorry. I'm not on social media. I'm not darking out. Yeah. yeah. I, I was pretty stoked when, when I saw that and you posted I'm like, oh shit, I gotta watch this. Yeah. Like right after you posted it, I went to YouTube and found it and I was just like, and it, it was pretty neat. Kind of, kind of going back to How? what Archie said on the thing. It's like it's a lot of these kids these days, they just don't know the history. Yeah. You know, they don't know. I mean, gosh, when we were growing up, it was different. And, so different. And it made me who I was. And I feel like nowadays it's just it's yeah. so soft. Like yeah. there's just no. Yeah. There's well, no before, Yeah. Let's go back. Like every yeah. surfer should go to freaking surfing etiquette school. Yeah. For sure. Let's go back. So you, you started surfing. You're riding for Channel Islands. Did you keep riding for Channel Islands when you moved back down? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And by that time, I was doing pretty good in contests. I think my first sponsor was after the boards was O'Neill. So I got some O'Neill wetsuits, which nice. I was just stoked to nice. do. And then I think that was every Grom's yeah. like, uh, sponsor yeah. wanted yeah. to be. Them or Quicksilver. A couple free like, things. Yeah. And I was just like, oh my gosh. This is, who, this was is it Gothard? Giant or sticker or on my Tim Bernardi or Gothard that was. Uh... Oh, I forget who. I, it was. Almost wants to say it was through Geo and the guys at HSS that kind of helped steer me in that direction. Huh? Classic. Did you ride for HSS or no? Not not like. But no. but uh, your stepmom kind of yeah. helped yeah. arrange some of that stuff for you. Yeah, a little bit. Nice, yeah. nice. Yeah. What about who else did you pick up? I think my first big well felt like big thing was when I made the I made the national team, and that was like super cool and yeah. I think we had OP and body glove. So and that's yeah, when I started and, yeah. you know, and back with body then, glove back in the day. You were, you were suited up by the national yeah. team sponsors. Yeah. I remember you guys talking about yeah. that with R2L. Well. So yeah, I had this giant body glove sticker, this giant NSA sticker, this giant OP, OP. sticker. Yeah. But that's the first I, time where I was like, all right, getting stuff. And like. And you had like, you wore yellow suits, right? I wore some pretty bright suits. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think we all Plus did. down here. Yeah. <laughs> Think so, we all did, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But that the uh, like, what was it like? Did how did you make the NSSA team? Was it just by finishing the year in the top? Yeah, like I think I finished in like the top five. five. Or something. Yeah, 
And then they just said, hey. And then they'd have like a tryout on Oceanside, and they ended up doing good in that, and then ended up making, I think I was on the Atlanta State team for a couple years. Nice. And that was fun. And then they did the U.S. championships. Yeah. And that's where you blow your knee, huh? That was one of the spots. One one of them. Yeah. First first major setback? The knee knee story can go on forever. Um, Blew my left knee out skiing when I was 16, and that was my first, like, injury um and then blew it out oh, again snow when skiing I was, or water skiing snow skiing, snow skiing usually are you yeah. talking acl or oh yeah yeah full acl tear um had uh my doctor at the a friend of ours which was an orthopedic doctor did all the football teams and the like did el toro and mission which were like the two big football teams down yeah. so he was like our orthopedic surgeon and he was associated with innovation sports which made the cti brace so when i was 16 he's like hey We'll just put you in this brace and you can still surf and uh, still do your sports as long as you're not in pain and yeah. that was my first intro to the knee braces and uh, so then when I was 18 I was in I think we were in Japan is that the one Kelly won I think so yeah I think Kelly won everything is that the one that uh, Kelly, if Kelly was there he <laughs> most likely won it I but, remember uh, Deffenbaugh telling yeah. me about that trip he's all yeah it was a closeout a little crappy beach break closeout really hollow really quick so everybody's getting one turn off and Kelly would get two or three off. If it's the same one he's talking about, so I, I was only went to Japan once for that. Um, it was I think we had a contest in Najima and then there was another contest somewhere else and then the one that was not in Najima, Kelly made the final and there was three Brazilians in the final with them. So four man wow. final. Yeah. Wow. And I'll never forget watching because you knew they were just gonna like Surround them. Surround them and sit on them. Yeah. And they couldn't catch them. <laughs> and the waves are like head high, funky beach break, and he just, you could just see him like chasing them. And, and Kelly got a wave, got a score. Next thing you know, he got another wave. He's going to win it. And they're just trying to sit on him, and he's just like, he just wouldn't stop paddling and just. Wherever he paddled, the wave came to him. Yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. But, anyways. <clears throat> so, how did you do it? Like, we all. They're doing a, a, a silly little floater on like a waist high wave in Najima, just a little floater kind of popped off the lip and landed in the flats. My back foot slipped off. Uh, I had my knee brace on, but it just blew it out. And that was like the worst one yet. So came back home, um, still didn't get surgery. And then that's when uh, tried to rehab, like, just started rehabbing it in, in the brace and started getting it to where I could surf well, well again, and yeah. was doing the contest was starting to dabble with like the PSAs and PSAAs and doing that stuff. And so when did you turn pro? Uh, I think I was 19, 20, went to Barbados for a, uh, they had the ASP East contest. So yeah. I went to, had been lucky enough to go to, for the U S championships, went to Barbados twice as a junior and for men's, which was with like Taylor and Kelly was super awesome. Yeah. And then got to go do that ASB East contest they had out there, which I don't know why, but I just ended up going to Barbados. I was an amateur, and I ended up winning it, which wow. was uh, super awesome. And had I think I beat Charlie Kuhn in the final, and almost felt bad because Charlie Kuhn and um, who was it, Rich Rudolph, were in the battle for the championship, and they were both in the semis. And whoever's going to make it out was pretty much. Pretty much, and I, I think I ended up beating Sean Slater in the semi to make the final, and then those two, Rich Rudolph and Charlie, had to battle in the semis, and Charlie won, and then if Charlie won the contest, he was going to win the championship, and I smoked him, beat him, and he was <laughs> he was pissed. Yeah. Oh. He was super pissed. So yeah, did that, and I think I won like 4500 bucks or 5000 bucks, and I was like, well, 
Let's I can do crow. this and not like killing it in the in anything. So yeah, just do Time this to... and focus on that. And then went to uh, Puerto Rico right after that event and made the semis. So I made another chunk of money and wow. went home and so-called declared myself a pro surfer and yeah started trying to chase so all was... the ASP contests or whatever contests I could. So it's con- contest winnings versus like you had a contract yeah. or negotiate, you know, yeah. but then I'm sure that felt that that, that helped. And then I, I definitely started getting like, okay, well, we're going to give you a travel budget and we'll give you a photo incentive. And yeah. Not really making money, but Incentives making like, enough yeah. money to get to contests. Places, and yeah. And then that's when I started doing like going to Australia and Europe and yeah. doing those events. Sure, we were running around together. Some of those for sure spots. Remember Europe a few yeah. times and uh, a lot of good trips. Yeah, and then when I was twenty-one, was definitely feeling probably at my best peak surf-wise, competitively wise, and was thinking I was gonna continue on and try to follow, you know, Pat and those guys that were on the ASP already, and yeah, and blew my right knee out jumping on a trampoline. Oh. No, doing, doing backflips. So my left leg was already ACL completely gone. Um, didn't have any pain and just lived in the knee brace. And then my right leg was always kind of my dominant leg that I never had any issues with. And then doing backflips on the trampoline kind of bucked off and got close to the springs and blew it out. My doctor's like, "You're you're done. You, you should just focus and go back to college. And we're gonna have to do knee surgery on the knee you just busted up, and we might as well fix the one that you've been dealing with for the last six years, back to back. And uh, it's gonna be a long road. Dang. So got knee. Okay. Got Before sur- we talk about that, what was your first picture in the mag? And which mag? Do you remember? First real picture was Surfer Magazine in. I was on the Channel Islands with a big old O'Neill logo doing like a backside snap at Salt Creek. Nice. I'd have to say, gosh, I wasn't Flame that shot it or Art Brewer. I think it was like Rob Gilly or something. Rob Gilly? I have to look. I think I, I remember that one. I remember that. That was like my first like shot. Nice. I, I, think, I just yeah. remember the one, and you were still amateur then, right? At that point, yeah, yeah. I was still amateur. I think I was like... 17 yeah wow. i just remember one and it was like a gra- gravels square barrel i don't i think it was gravels I think, i'm sure it's salt creek or gravels or middles yeah, yeah we're we're i mean yeah going back to growing up in good surf spots like san clemente was a hotbed and, and but creek man there's a lot of talent that was a studio I yeah mean, there was there was a lot of talent um at, at a lot this... of guys pushing each other um it was it was at... awesome and and then you had you know all these Great photographers like Flame and Art Brewer. And yeah, the H.P. guys. Ton of guys, under, right? ton of guys underneath them to where it was like you'd go down there when the waves are good. and Yeah. You'd be down there at morning light first couple of hours. If you were a Southern California pro surfer or trying to be an inspired surfer and yeah. to go get photos, that was, that was where you went. Yeah. yeah. It was 54th Street at one point in time. Yeah. And Creek had a good run. Creek was like yeah. a lot of photos came from Creek. Yeah. And... Well, you and your buddies used to uh, shoot photos with Balzer, right? We do Balzer, yeah. yeah. Greg Browning and shitty waves. The, the Santa Monica, <laughs> yeah. Well, that was the well, that, that was, was what that's what made Creek so well. Yeah. I mean, it there it has its moments. There's some great waves to be had down there for sure, and it's consistent. But it in general, it was lighting. the lighting. Yeah. Tell us about like you know surfing back then at lowers. Like, 
you, you surf lowers quite a bit, right? A lot. A lot. Especially once I got, yeah, once I got after high school, I was pretty much, you know, yeah, when you, when Salt you Creek the, or lowers. So for yeah. the summertime, we just, we'd live down at lowers. Yeah. <clears throat> and we had like a pretty good crew where, you know, it was like Jason Kenworthy, my friend Ryan Dybul, my good friend Ryan Went, Ray that I grew up with, and Bill Ballard were doing like the voluptuous videos yeah. and, and all kind of working Bill together. Bill Ballard was voluptuous? Before it was he, like I think they all they all they all got together. Wife or husband? Yeah, back then, yeah, yeah. Then he did but they had the four of them all got together at one point and kind of, you know, they were all videoing and all doing movies and stuff. And then they worked together for a few years, did some stuff, and then they kind of split off and okay. all did their yeah, own build, stuff. Yeah, Bill and Goat Productions, and then Kenworthy and the and Dival, Snappy and Turtles, Snappy Snappy Turtles. Turtles, and then they contributed to all like a lot of lost footage for all the lost yeah. movies yeah. and helped put those together at one point yeah, yeah. you got a lot of, you got good you no, know, no, we, you got a lot of good waves and a I lot, got of, a lot of fun we had a yeah. lot of fun yeah yeah because we had a lot of fun. you pro you have a lot of footage a lot of airtime on a lot of videos yeah well we were just it was good timing yeah yeah you know we had, we had all those guys and then there was you know matt and mike at lost and all the lost videos that they were doing which is roughly around the same time yeah. and we were all kind of running in the same circles yeah so it was, so when did you transition to riding for lost or mayhem i moved to hawaii to Kauai when i was in uh when i was 21 right after right after my knee surgeries okay. so i was like no more away. surfing for six months at least and uh let's go to hawaii where no temptation yeah, yeah. no well, <laughs> it's a funny story I, I ended up chasing a, a my girlfriend at the time her parents moved there after a Hurricane Aniki, I think it was back in 94 or 95. And so her dad was in construction. So she's like, he's like, I'm moving the whole family. Like we're leaving next week. Wow. And she was like, I'm, I'm running away. I'm not moving to Hawaii. I want to go play softball in college and blah, blah, blah. So anyways, I was somehow, some way was like, oh, well, you should move over to Hawaii with us. I'm like, really? I'm like, ended up talking to CTI about it somehow because I had a good friend that was working there. Was kind of like a mentor and uh he's like hey we don't we don't have a sales rep over there you should just go rehab over there for six months to a year and you can go sell knee braces wow so i'm like that was your first repping job that was my first repping job are yeah. you freaking kidding so here me? i am 21 no college education yeah toehead well, toehead howie moving to the east side of before Kauai we, to before Kapa. we get into that um who were you writing for before your accident I was getting bored from Channel Islands, and uh, I forget. I think I was riding for OP. And you were getting paid? Mm, I wasn't really getting paid. I was, I was getting, like, a, a good travel budget and and photo incentive. So, okay. I mean, I was getting, but I wasn't, like, making, we wasn't making a living. No, okay. I wasn't getting any yeah. salary or anything like that. So, you were struggling, aspiring pro. Yeah. Okay. I mean, yeah. And then your pro career pretty much ended. Ended that day. Well, kind of, yeah. It was. I went through like a two, three-year gap where moved moved to Kauai. Luckily, I had a three, like three of my friends that I knew from from Salt Creek that I grew up looking up to. These guys that were three or four years older than me yeah. that I knew pretty well. They all lived in the same area on the east side of Kauai, and so when I moved there, um, ended up you know selling the knee braces and doing that stuff. But one, you know, all three of those guys were super into surfing so i got to, they just kind of took me under their wing and i got to surf all over Kauai, which was 
amazing. Yeah. And one of them, um, my buddy Shane Miller, another buddy Chris Amati, and then another friend, Chris White. Chris White was a super gnarly surfer skater from San Juan and and Dana Point, like back in the day, and a great surfer. And so he took me under his wing along with the other guys, but he was just a crazy surfer. Like knew the winds, knew the waves, and like every morning at dark, he would pick me up and be like, I wouldn't even know where we're going. He'd just be like, we're going to this side, or we're going to that side, and we're going to this side. Just knew. And we would just, we got so many fun waves. And just kind of stayed under the radar. And then, so how long was the the rehab on so, the news? So stayed, so stayed there in Kauai for like six months, eight months, and uh, was able to surf, double knee braces, and, what you know, surfing. And then uh, things went astray with where I was living, and my girlfriend at the time moved back to the west coast or to the mainland and uh i was doing pretty good with the knee braces and kind of really enjoying hawaii i was making money yeah like i was people need well, i was walking people in need a knee toe head. Well, how, how's that for for a promotional video though like you have a couple of clips like dude you can do anything yeah. in these things you just rip in and then well i'd have my button up and like my pants and i was walking in 21 once again walking in and having conversations with orthopedic doctors and trainers and physical therapists and tripler hospital which is like the huge uh army hospital on oahu they were they were buying like tons of product and i was going in there you know every other week just to talk to these guys so it was really it was a huge learning experience and then yeah Did and they i knew and i knew a lot i know I, I mean a little bit but I, I knew the knee brace inside and out i knew knees inside and out yeah so, so you like had, i could talk the talk, language even though i ex- wasn't a you had the experience doctor, so yeah. Yeah, and so that happened, and then I ended up moving to the North Shore of Oahu after that, and luckily moved in with uh, Hank, Ryan Stefan, who was a, one of the guys I looked up to at Creek, and, you know, heck of a dude, and he just... Hank, the photographer yeah, Hank? Yeah, photographer Hank, and he knew Chris, so I like, called him up, like, hey, I'm coming over there, I have no place to stay, and yeah. he's like, hey, you crash on my floor. Yeah. So I was living there with Hank right there by Chun's, and, uh, which, God, that was some funny stories, but... Uh, yeah, so he, he took <laughs> took me in, was super nice, let me stay. I basically stayed on his floor for like four months and then ended up moving in with Peach Hodgson's, who had a room for rent on uh, right next to Waimea, right yeah. there in the next to the church. So it was like me, Cody Graham, and Chris Copeland, Copeland from Florida, all three of us living in like one, one and a half rooms so with, with Pete. And he but- kind of took us in and then... That ended up turning into where I ended up getting my own place with uh, with my buddy Cody Graham again and yeah. another good friend of ours or a friend of a friend, but it was right next to Jeff Donor, JD, yeah. who was like an older brother to me, and that was right there on Kaiki. So we lived right on the ocean side of Kainui. He's a big wave charger, right, Donor? He surfs some big waves, but he does he runs the jiu-jitsu stuff over on the North okay. Shore. He's a big kid. He's a big dude. Yeah. He, he did a lot of filming and surfing and yeah. all that. But that was honestly probably some of, besides being married and having kids, it was best times. some of the best times of my life. Yeah, yeah. We, were living, we were living right there, like two houses away from the, the beach and the rocks at Keiki. Yeah. So did you ever have a, a regular job before yeah. that? What did I, you do? I washed dishes at Olamendes in San Juan when nice. I was in high school. Yeah, got my got dad and my dad and mom are like, well, if you're not going to college, then you, you better start working. Yeah, yeah, you gotta gotta work. And I was like, oh, I'm gonna go to the city college and try to chase the surfing thing. He's like, you're getting a job then. Yeah. What, what did um, 
what did your parents do for like for work and stuff? My dad, and my dad was a, a developer. So a developer. So he built. So it's funny. He built that office building right there on Warner and Bolsa Chica. Uh huh. There's that gray thing kind of that's in that corner looking towards the pier. Yeah. So he built. That was his office at one point. He built that thing from the ground up and then built three or four tracks right around there. Nice. Right there at Warner and Bulls of Chico. Did, you, did you, you have two brothers? Did they surf and take the yeah, surf? Yeah, two. Uh, no, the, both of them work for my dad now. They both surf, yeah. both played sports, but they never like really got into the competitive thing. Yeah. But both both surf and surf well. And then, yeah, I got a sister and another brother from my stepmom. Nice. So Stubborn. backtracking before your knee... You, you, you were saying you did, you chased the ASP yeah. tour, got some results yeah. a little bit. A little bit, but not nothing, nothing that would ever put me, like I was lucky to make 500 bucks here, a thousand bucks there, but I wasn't making semis and finals to make, to make the tour. And yeah. then when the knee, when I hurt my knee, moved to Hawaii, ended up on the North Shore, which was the best move I did because I was, you know, making enough money to survive selling the knee braces, but... You know, I was hanging out with Poncho Sullivan and Braden Diaz and yeah. Miles and so Love started, Hodel and all, all these guys. That yeah. were, we just had this that was crew, the crew right yeah. there. And yeah, but that's all we did was surfed. And so that's when I started, you know, getting a dabble and surfing Waimea and Pipe. And, wow. and it was just a, the era at that time, there was just this bubble that was just amazing because it was it was still super localized. There was still yeah. Marvin Foster running around and all these Johnny crazy – John, Oh, Johnny Perry Boyd, Perry Dane. Yeah. I mean, there's a handful of these – Mickey Nielsen. I mean, if that house could talk, and J.D. would attest. And, you know, we had – Strider would come over. Strider would stay. J.D.'s. We, we literally had – J.D. had like a one-bedroom house on a super small lot, and then we had a three-bedroom, and it was literally – our door was like – four feet away from each other so we just had people coming and going and and then that's when yeah matt matt biolas ended up coming over at one point ended up staying with us and i knew matt a little bit but never wrote any of his boards and yeah. he came over and that's kind of going back that's when i yeah started riding matt's boards which were just mayhems before lost was really even yeah started yeah no it's it's, it's interesting you bring up because like the whole hawaii you know the staying on the floor, just being over there, you know, you didn't, you know, one thing you didn't care. You're yeah. like, if I just have a roof over my head and I just go surf every day, yeah. but that, yeah, you that, guys are lucky that you had that experience. Yeah. yeah. But that stepping stone to doing that for a winner or whatever, yeah. and then getting your own place, whether you're sharing it with yeah. a bunch of dudes or not. And it's like, I actually have my own little place. No, and for it, you know, five, almost six years. I had my own room right there. Yeah. So I, paid, there I paid the, long. I paid the rent. And for the whole place, and uh, like I said, Cody was there, Cody Graham, which was one of my, he was just such an awesome surfer back in yeah. the day. He surfed charged pipe. Charger. He was, yeah. He was deaf. And, uh, goofy but, footer, right? Goofy yeah. footer yeah, from Kauai. And uh, and I, I ran around back in the day with his brother, Miguel, so that's how I kind of got introduced to Cody. Yeah. And Cody was just, dude, there were so many days, like, once I started getting comfortable surfing bigger waves... You know, still scared. Yeah. Nothing compared to what they're doing today. But I'll never forget living with Cody, and there would be those twenty foot swells coming, and you could hear you hear the boulders yeah. literally rolling on the ground at Waimea, and I couldn't sleep because I was scared to death. 
because I knew I was going to have to paddle out with Cody. Cody couldn't sleep because he was so excited. <laughs> so excited. So excited. A different... Yeah. And, and like that John John wave, I'm, I'm assuming yeah. it was Himalayas, you know, outside. Yeah. And uh, all those guys, they navigate from the beach, paddle out there. No, no, no life jackets, no yeah. jet skis, oh, yeah. nothing. Yeah, like you that, break your yeah. board, your leash, you're swimming all by yourself from like a half a mile out. And, yeah, YMA is one thing, but surfing out at Phantoms or surfing out at Himalayas or any of those outside reefs back then was... yeah. Like you said, no, no life vest, no skis. Well, that, well like you, I, I hung with the those guys' crew. I slept on, you know, ponchos and, and Love's floor. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Noah Johnson lived next door. Power, you know, Rawson's, or was it? Right. Or no, uh, I mean. Gavin? Uh, no, who, who? Shoot, I'm drawing a blank. Uh, who shaped next door? Anyways, and Noah Johnson would be like, same thing. These guys would be frothing all night. They're waxing up their boards like. Wasn't Tom Nellis, was it? No. Uh, Tom Nellis was like an old, full Ken Bradshaw. cowboy. Ken Bradshaw. He, yeah, he lived, Ken Bradshaw lived next door and he, lived, he ran that place. And anyways, those guys would just, on the biggest boards you could ever think of. And I'm like, where are you going to go? They're like, yeah, we're going to go out to Phantoms. Like, you should come. And I'm like, no. <laughs> like, you guys are crazy. That's they right. paddle from the beach all the way out. Yeah. And those spots, when it's big, it's, it's, it's out there. Yeah out there yeah anyways but but just those you know as any surfer that north shore vibe during the winter you know all the yep. mags all the photos yeah. every it just becomes everything was the epicenter the epicenter so did you have sponsors when you were living there or no? no that's kind of when I, I started getting like surfing pretty well again still doing you know double knee braces and then ended up starting to get sponsored again to where i could because i was you know Surfing pipe and back door and off the wall. And, and getting in all the getting, videos. Getting, getting in the shots. videos and getting shots. So I was able to start working the photo incentive side of things. Yeah. You know, along with working with uh, the knee braces. And that went on for like three years. And it was just, once again, perfect timing with, uh, you know, just like how Freestyle Motocross started. And those guys were getting paid good money to charge. just go flip and charge and yeah. not, not, you know. Not have to do the tour. So like the free surfing yeah. surfer side of things started kind of booming. So if you were getting in videos and photos, which means or you could, or you could make heats yeah. like me. Well, you you you, you, had, you had feet on both sides of the fence. I did. I mean, yeah, barely but, though. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. no, yeah. But that was huge. It was because that was that was all Not we did. And it was yeah. It was, so I was you know come staying there working it and then coming back to. San Clemente, and, and I just come back and stay with the in the summertime with, with Ryan and, and everything's with, going with on. and Ryan Ray and Jason and Bill and he, they had a house up in Capo, and so we just come in and started becoming good friends with Larry and all those guys, you know, Flame at the magazine yeah. and stuff. To where it was like, I just yeah was working the photo thing, and I was so fortunate because now it's like look back and we're so lucky to be able to have that so, run because now like there's just no middle ground for the, all those kids that are think they want to be the next John John or Kaloe. Yeah. yeah. So, so hard. And then now with all the COVID stuff happening with no events being ran, it's it's crazy. It's crazy. So yeah. going back, you, you lived in Hawaii for six years. Mm-hmm. Um and then you, you were coming to California in the summertime just yep. to we'll just come back for three, to shoot like films three, or? three months and just to surf because it would be there'd be no surf over there unless yeah. you wanted to surf on the South Shore or East Side. And uh, yeah, so I'd come back and Try to try to started doing some events again because there was you know some of the California events were still happening so I'd come back and do that but I I never really got my feet like 
in the contest thing. Yeah. And the air shows were starting to happen, so it was all my whole little pro surfing career was all based on being Airs. a photo slut. Yeah, photo slut. Yeah. yeah. Photo and video slut. Yeah. You and Jay definitely were were that. So who it wasn't a bad job. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, but envious. I mean obviously it was a lot to do with, you know, the crew you're running with yep. and where we live. Yep. You know, because I mean there's other, you know, other yep. spots, whether it's Santa Cruz, they had a little click and they, yep. you know, they For they sure. video a TR and yeah. you know, Santa Barbara area that's uh Josh Homer, yeah. you know, and exactly. then like down where we were at down here. Yeah, it was the Kenworthy guys, and it was Lost and Snapping Turtle, and yeah. those guys, and then it was and it, Taylor and, and the Momentum Crew. Yeah. yeah. So and, and you got both of you guys had parts in 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 both, both camps, which yeah. was yeah. which made you that much more marketable, and you know well, we you had more yeah. equity in your in your brand. Yeah, I was I got a couple little sliver clips in the first Momentum, and that was it. Yeah. Was that the only time you, you yeah. got? footage and yeah because I, I it was there was i mean those two camps more than any other yeah. camps were like you were on this side or you're on this side yeah it was very and I, me and jay were probably more than anyone and like shay too yeah. we were kind of right in the middle to where it's like we were friends with everybody both. yeah yeah you know you genuinely love, friends you got love on both sides but that that kind of like you kind of had to pick what side you yeah to and it was before like you know of course and then you got like the andy's and the Bruce's, and then yep. some of the, 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 you know, the Lopez, you know, had, those guys were always, like, on the lost side. Mm -hmm. A little and bit more. A little bit more. A and then more. Taylor started bringing in, yeah. you know, a couple guys here and there, but it Especially was. Especially Andy and Bruce. Yeah, well, of course. I mean, they, were just, they were just, they were just, they were rocket ships. But you, you were on that, uh, was it Puerto Escondido that, or was it? Mexico, the part that you got in the part that I got was for, I got a couple waves surfing the point, yeah, in Porto, in Porto, yeah, it was really good. Too. And the, yeah, I honestly, when when I think of Casey Curtis, that's one of his, you know, visions and and was a while ago. seeds and parts yeah. that I remember. You know what I mean? Because you're already wearing a new base yeah. then, <laughs> and I was still like it was like Taylor was just starting to like it was his first movie, yeah, for the most part, and then he started really focusing on that, and then once again the guys Lost was doing theirs, and and Snapping Turtle and those guys were doing theirs, and then I kind of just you know these guys were I was friends with everyone like I said, but these guys were like my best friends, like yeah. I was super tight with them, and uh, so we just. Yeah, it was like I said, it was pretty much working with them full, and that's why I never working with your your bros. Yeah. So I was like, yeah. there was no way I was gonna, you know, not that Taylor ever asked me, but if he was like, hey, dude, you want to come with me down to Porto, or you want to go with your snapping turtle friends? Yeah, yeah, I did a lot. I was like, Porto, we did well. I mean, for us California guys, and I'm sure other guys in, in different parts, but like, you go to Hawaii, you know, for the winter, and then in the summer you go down to Porto to go train or yeah. or go get. Big waves, you know, and that was the spot. And you're guaranteed to go down there. If you're going to drop a ticket to Porto and go down there for two weeks, you're going to get two or three swells and it's going to be pumping at one point. It's just like in Mecca for... In Mecca. Yeah, for drawing yeah, in. If it's stuff. too big, then there's some points to go, yeah. go surf. So you, you had like a, uh, a second win for, for professionals. A full second win. And, all, and yeah. once again, mainly the focus was getting photos and videos. Yeah, it was nice because I mean I was just fall either following a swell from one place to the other or 
waves were good at Lowers or waves were good at Creek or wherever, we would just surf all day. Where where other trips were you like going on, like not just for video, but like whether it was a magazine or a sponsor? Where, where else were you going? The, my, well, I was super Everywhere. fortunate to, my, I got to go to the Mentalize with Art Brewer nice. back in 98. That's... And that was my first trip that I got invited to go. And then after that, I did, I think, eight different Mentalize trips. Nice. Seven of them with Art and one with Pete Frieden. Same. But the art art kept putting a trip together every year, and you know we had some, we had some characters on those. <laughs> yeah, but a boat trip. I mean, that's you're it's pretty intimate, and you're with yep. your crew. Yeah. So if you yeah, rub, you good. rub somebody the wrong way, especially like an oh, art, yeah. you're not going on that trip again. So yeah. obviously you had a good connection with them. No, we we had a we had a great connection. That first trip, I think, had Joel Tudor and his brother, who was super cool. Um, Cody Graham was on that trip. Nathan Fletcher, I think William Saquon and Otto. Flores. Wow! And when we showed up, half of our boards didn't show up. Oh, no. Luckily, mine showed up because I was way bigger than most of the. Well, me and Cody rode the same boards, but everyone else was way smaller. You're like, you can't ride this, or so you yeah. Cody's did like literally. I think mine showed up. I think Joel Tudor showed up, which I think he had like a couple fun boards and stuff yeah you know and, no one's uh, gonna ride those boards yeah so we all we all just you know jumped on the boat because we didn't want to wait and they i think we waited one day and they didn't come and they're like oh they're gonna be there in a couple days so we're like screw it we'll put them on Did another they boat them out later they shuttled them out later but it was literally like i think we had two days left oh my trip. gosh yeah it was pretty crazy so we all like divided up our boards eight times no. <laughs> that's first trip yeah and, and that's that, that was the trip i actually Luckily enough, got the cover of Surfer Magazine on. Wow. Look at that. Was it a front side error? Back side error. Back side error? Yeah. Back side error. We're at max? At max. Yeah. After a complete debacle with my knee. Wow. So I got duck. I had to duct tape my knee together and had yeah. a knee brace on. So, so night before that trip, yeah. not to go on a whole tangent, but yeah, night right. before that trip, I was playing tennis with my brothers. First, first trip to Indo. First trip to Indo, I'm like... Beyond stoked, yeah. and uh, ended, ended, up, ended up chasing a ball that got past me, just like stepping towards it. And once again, my knees at this point uh, were great. Were you, were you wearing knee braces playing tennis? At this, I was not, and I should have been. And I was for the first time in a couple. I mean, it, I'd been a couple years where I had kind of weaned myself out of the knee braces, yeah. so I wasn't wearing them, and was finally free of the braces. And so I tweaked my my tweaked my left no my, my right knee playing like enough to where i knew i did something wrong yeah. this was like the night before i'm leaving oh, at like six in the morning gosh. so i'd had so many knee issues and and knew and had a mobilizer so i'm like you know icing it i stuck it in the mobilizer which keeps your knee completely straight and i'm like i'm just gonna get on the plane i'm gonna get on the boat i'm gonna wait to, it's gonna take us two days to get there i'm not gonna take my knee out of this mobilizer until i get there and see see how my knee feels so Get there, we show up at Macaroni's, it's like small little waves, put my knee brace on for the first time in a little while, paddle out, and, and I can surf. And it's my back leg, which is kind of like the worst one to have a... You bend in it the kind of bending it a little forward, so I could surf, not great, but I'm like 75%. So I'm like, cool, you know, I'll, I'll, you know I'm good, yeah. good. Next morning, paddle out, it's low tide, waist to chest tide, driving through this little tiny tube, it starts to close out to where I know I'm not going to get it. So I pop out the back and it pulls me over the falls and I land on all fours on the reef. 
Luckily, I had my knee brace on, so that protected my right knee, but I chipped about a quarter size of my kneecap off and put like <laughs> oh a God. silver dollar hole in my top of my knee and was... First session? Second. So I got there in the afternoon. This is in the morning. So I'm just like, I'm done. So it, my it, knee was completely thread. That cuts all over my hands, my, my feet. But my knee, like I said, was like, and it was more just a smash. It wasn't so much the bruised and so it just got worse. Oh. So unfortunately for the other guys, waves kind of never got that good. So we yeah. had like six days of where it was just mediocre. But I was gonna starting to go batshit crazy and uh, was just getting worse every day. Just sore, sore, sore. Couldn't fit, couldn't do anything. And then we literally stayed at HTs at Lance's right the whole time because the waves were so small. And then swell was picking up. So we're like, oh, we're gonna motor tonight to. To macaronis and i'm just like you gotta be kidding me I, i'm not gonna be able to surf I know i'm not gonna be able hard. to surf yeah bending more and literally woke up in the morning and some bizarre reason i was able to put some weight on my my leg and bend Must it have been a little bit that night might have been <laughs> i don't know so super sore still but i'm like screw it i mean we pulled up and macaronis is like six foot and perfect like it's like perfect like wow i've never seen a wave like this perfect so i Shaved my leg, made a like a knee pad, and just <laughs> duct taped my knee together. Wow! And I had like I had like twenty percent mobility, but I could like stand up on the board and do a bottom turn and kind of get into the tube and do and like a cutback. But I couldn't really surf. So that was. We and had, this like, is after Hawaii, right? Yeah. After being yeah. a rep for yeah. knee braces. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So you you're. So I, of... I was like twenty seven at this. I think I was 26 or 27 at this time. So you're kind of savvy now on on how to, how to duct tape my knee. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And how, how to avoid getting hurt, but that doesn't seem to work. That does no, <laughs> no, 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 never seems to work. Your first trip to the Mentwise, mm -hmm. right? This is your first fucking trip. First to the trip, Mentwise. and and it starts off horribly because you fuck up your knee the yeah. night before you get on the plane. Yeah, and then you realize when you get there, your your boards aren't there. Yeah, but mine, mine were. Yours were, but... But we had enough boards for everyone, but yeah. it, was, it was a bummer. And the waves weren't that good, and you hurt yourself the, the second session of the trip. Horribly. And you sat out a couple days? Fuck, six days. Sat out completely. Completely. And on that sixth night, like I said, I was like, there's no way I'll be able to surf tomorrow morning. No way. It was just getting worse. Like, sore and sore and sore, swollen, bloody... The hole was like I said, like a silver dollar size hole that you couldn't stitch. It was just oh, so yeah. However, I could start, and then literally each day I got a tiny bit better, and then yeah, the cover, which was like winning the lottery yes. for most of us. So uh, were you avoiding the bear? Like you know, like you're limited on what you could do. Could you? That was like, kind of the only thing I could do was like kind of crouch down and and pull in, and I could come off the bottom. I couldn't really like turn yeah but i could come out and do like a cutback and and somehow some way i think i just ended up like in the pocket of a wave and this saw the lip and that's where i just blasted, blasted a huge flyaway air thinking nothing of it yeah it wasn't a flyaway air dude you, you totally i didn't, I didn't it. land it you landed it you completed it for our i might story. have tried but it was okay, definitely you, it was definitely not a 90 percent <laughs> we're gonna re-record this part so uh, i'm too honest most of the time cover. yeah after with a knee brace on, with duct tape on, and, and uh, after cool. all that trop, yeah. shitty luck, bam, yeah. you hit the lotto. But hit you, the lotto. but 
You don't know you have the cover until way after you get oh, back. Oh no, from it was the trip. like it was like three months, yeah. four months. <laughs> like that's that's the difference that's, between now and yeah. in digital era, and then back then is you know the photographers yeah. are wrapping up all the film and labeling it day you know six uh, max, yeah. and then they you know. It goes it was radical. Yeah. You don't get the and, and department. Art, art was super gnarly. So you couldn't just like walk into a studio and be like, hey, dude, what's up? Yeah. How's things going? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> just like, you don't poke the bear. Yeah. No. So, yeah. He's, you know, he's a lot one of, of those best. guys are eccentric. We, we, had, we had some amazing, amazing times. And yeah. That one trip that Archie was talking about was. We almost drowned. No, that was a different one. <laughs> the one that he talked about with Chris and Chris Ward and Andy, or Chris Ward and Christian getting in a fight and Andy being there. And oh, that's that right. I, I think there's a gnarly mentality story from almost anybody that's been there more more, more, more than one that time. That was our trip. Yeah. I've, <laughs> I've been on a couple... Almost dying? You know, no, not, you know, one almost for sure. And then one that... We almost lost a captain. Like one captain that got kicked off, you know. Another captain almost got, you know. Like yeah. there's always this, there's always some, some weird yeah. drama. Whether it's the weather, mechanics on the boat going out, to staff issues, to captain issues, to yeah. crew, you know. Like it, there's, yeah. Again, intimate and dynamic, and that's where you know you don't you don't want you you know a lot of those guys aren't going to bring people that are. Yeah. Yeah. That are dicks. Or dicks. Yeah. And Hart put together probably the best crew of misfits that was ever put yeah. together. That's a good uh, way to say it. Crew of misfits. Well, that we did. That's that's what he uh, never it never got released, but he made they were making a movie called The Misfits. Yeah. That would have been. Sad. It never got released. That would have been. Sad. Archie, Christian, Nathan, Nathan, uh, Wardo, Andy, myself, Rufo. Shane Beshin. Dang. That's an all-star fucking legend crew right there. That is. Along with, I think I said Chris and Andy, and then Jason Kenworthy was there. Buddy JP that worked for Art. Buddy George Salas, who yep, also worked for Art. Yeah. And, uh, and Art. But, yeah, that particular, I mean, we had a few trips. That was super crazy, but that was all-star the Atlanta. big one. And we showed up at the airport. I think we had, like, I mean, everyone had, like, five, six boards. So there was like nine, nice. nine surfers, not yeah. to mention we had two video guys, arts, all of arts equipment and, you know, George, like we had so much gear. It was absolutely ridiculous. And we showed up at the airport and they were just like, holy shit. Yeah. One boat, two boats. One boat. One boat. <laughs> and we got all, and then Andy and Chris didn't show up. They, they showed up later, like three days later into the trip. And we were actually at Macaroni's that, that day and it was freaking pumping like six to eight feet and they took a speedboat out and freaking Andy and Trash Chris it. showed up and just went sonic. Yeah. Who, who got in a fight? Chris Ward and Nathan? Chris, Beckett? well, Chris Ward and Christian got into it and, you know, Chris is like Christian's little brother. They've grown up together. Yeah. And, but Chris is, Chris can be difficult at times. Great, great guy, but he, yeah. he doesn't back down and I, I forget what exactly happened. It was something super tedious, but... Christian, for whatever reason, did something that pissed Chris off, and Chris wouldn't back down. And at that point, he crossed the line with Christian, and Christian's like, "I'm gonna kick your ass." Yeah. <laughs> and that was like not even halfway through the trip. So the whole rest of the trip, there was this tension between the two of them. And Christian was like, "You just wait till the boat. We get off the boat and kick your ass and kick your ass." And it's like, because like 
we were like if you got in a fight on the boat yeah and you pissed art off yeah yeah well, he'd probably throw you overboard yeah <laughs> definitely wouldn't get to come back again so it was like hey mind your p's and q's until yeah. we get off, until we the, got boat. off the boat <laughs> and literally we pulled up and that's exactly what happened and i forget they ended up not getting in too bad of a scuff but yeah christian was pretty pissed yeah, well, so Christian, funny. you're an elder, you're big bro, and I mean, yeah. regardless of who's at fault, it's like you just, yeah, it's hard to tensions. Talk about volatile personality, though, right? <laughs> oh, like, man, it was. I mean, it was crazy. Yeah, we're in, and we had we had we're oh, a six eight foot macaroons. We also had Dino on the trip. Dino was oh. on that trip too, on a couple of them, but he was on that one trip. That one trip, yeah, was the elder. That was a trip. That was a trip that Andy. But the uh, that, that how can you get so like your mentality is like you're in the freaking most it's a lot of testosterone, yeah, a lot, the most, of, lot of ego, yeah, a lot of ego. I mean, we all you know everybody wanted to get the, the photo best. and get the best waves, and you had everybody. You and know, you got and the we cover. all got it. No, that was this was that was a different one. Yeah, this was like 2008. Yeah, this was like down way down the road. So cool though. But it was like watching Chris and Andy feed off each other. I mean, they were young. They were like. 21, yeah, it was because Andy's birthday's the 24th of July and mine's the 25th. Mm. That's how I remember. So he was turning 21, so he was just like, and he was like, you know, Archie right. Archie was his idol. Yeah, so yeah. all he wanted to do, and, and so he, he, even though Chris and Andy were the younger ones, dude, they were, they were pushing all of us to just, and we had good waves. It was like solid trip. Yeah. It was eight, six, eight foot, 12 foot, like almost every day. <sighs> There was a couple of sessions where it was just like, holy shit. And Andy would just, yeah, he was just at such a different level. Yeah. And Mordo too. Mordo's freaking amazing surfer over and it gets heavy. Yeah. Amazing. For, for being a, a, a guy from San Clemente, right? Mm -hmm. I mean, that, that's Everybody. where, I mean, yeah, they say that, but you look at, you know, we always talk about, you look at the guys from Florida and how hard those guys they charge, charge, you yeah. know, Hot it's, Goods and Lopez Brothers and freaking Slater. And I mean, it yeah. doesn't matter. But it's still a small handful of people that yeah. can. Well, you got You got to. Sure. You definitely got to want it, and you got to be able to test yourself. And you just don't get to just paddle out the pipe and catch a great wave right yeah. out of the gates. You got to take your licks. Okay. I don't really want it, Casey. Yeah. <laughs> a, lot of, a lot of bad waves. Well, if you want to catch a wave, you're going to get the bad ones. I'll, I'll catch the bad yeah. ones. And then, and, then, and then sure enough, guys are going to be like, dude, that guy's going on those crappy ones. Well, and so, good sometimes, one especially for backdoor, I feel you, a lot of those waves that don't look good sometimes end up being yeah the best. incredible waves just when yeah. they hit the reef the right way, but they yeah. don't look like they're going to be that good. So, so if you're on the bottom of the pecking order and those, those are the waves you were probably going to get. Then yeah. How many covers have you gotten? One. For for surfer or surfing, like yeah, I got the a couple ones. like I got a couple happy covers back in the day. Yeah. That was cool. Wave action or yeah. some of those. Do you have that framed at home or yeah? Awesome. I actually just As got I actually just got a friend of mine, Brian Bent, um, just painted a. I saw that. Post. Of it. Oh, that's right. that's right. Yeah, he's super awesome artist, yeah. gnarly surfer, music skater guy, and he uh, painted a does some really it. really cool art. Really yeah. cool art. Yeah. If you if, have a cover and you want it. You like his media? It's nice. Yeah, super special. Yeah, super special. Came that, out awesome. That's awesome. Yeah, he uh, he's a talented individual. You know, if, yeah. you, if you're in the industry and you've ever walked into a Becker back in the day, yeah, exactly. Yeah. He did all the uh, 
design artwork and artwork yeah. for oh for that's them. him and then for all yeah. the Becker stuff and then yep. him like you said you know music you know yep. musician him and his daughter have, have a band, band yeah. and they're super dynamic like, together full, cool surf yeah rock. Old surf good rock style and yeah. yeah old school but talented super cool so when did you move back to St. Clemente? Like as of now? No. Um, like after uh, Hawaii? Yeah, Hawaii. after after Hawaii, I moved back out of there finally to move back to the mainland for, for good. Why did you and move that back was, to... I, th- I was just, I think I was just done and I was also starting to make some money surfing, like starting to get paid to, to be, you know, chase the photos and the videos. So yeah. I felt like it was better for me to just go back and be around those guys and more productive you know, here did, did which you, we were lucky because we could be productive in our own backyard whether it was huntington or newport but especially with like lowers and yeah. and salt creek it was yeah you know you had mexico just across the border and like we had did you secure a, a good contract with anybody uh, a couple guys I, I rode for xyz was like a really good one for a while i don't know if you remember those, those yeah, guys, danny way and yeah. colin and tommy caudell and uh, their buddy Hans, they 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 started X Y Z, and it was right up my alley because I was I loved to skate and yeah. surf, and was you know they, so they started that. Which back in the day it almost took off, but it was just yeah. so competitive the as Struther, we know with, with those brothers, guys. Right? Yeah, it was Chris Struthers, yeah. Pat Moss, yeah, myself, obviously Danny and Colin were the skate guys. It was super fun, but I got to be with them for like. I think it was three years the, the length of the company was around and doing well um just hard to keep things going if you don't have just super deep pockets but yeah. we got to do some super fun trips yeah and that was fun and then uh kind of had just a couple smaller brands that kind of helped out that were trying to get into the surf market so yeah. you know i was friends like mark moreno was working at the magazine and he hooked me up with like hardcore back in the day but they paid me a chunk of money to be a surfer so i was yeah. just that was just super fortunate to yeah. be able to do just it and it was never continue. once again never making a ton of money like yeah. some of these guys are today but making enough to where it's like well yeah and i could I be working surf. i can be working a full-time job and i'll be making basically the same yeah. yeah and you're surfing and i'm surfing and yeah every day <laughs> easy decision so did, so did you stop selling the knee braces yeah i came back from there and they, they ended up getting another rep mm. but I was to the point to where like surfing was kind of becoming a better yeah. income. Yeah. And uh, so it was, it was hard to say that the years I had there were so, so precious. Yeah. So, I mean, the stories like that house could tell at Keiki. Yeah. It was just that whole zone was just un- unbelievable. Yeah. I can imagine, I mean, I can't imagine being a rep in Hawaii because I mean, repping and, and at that age, well, I mean, it's with hardly any. Yeah, but I was, it was even though I was working as a rep, I wasn't in the surf shops. Like what we do now yeah. like today is like a, you're turned making, into a you're passion, making a living. You know? I yeah. really enjoy what, what I do today as a rep. But back then, I never I never ever thought that I would be like, oh, I could take this and apply it to, I should go try to be a rep in the surf market. Yeah. Like yeah. it never even f- crossed my mind. It's yeah. funny, right? Like, yeah. Because you see yeah. friends of yours that have done it. And then when I moved back... That's when, you know, things started to slow down. Money started getting tighter during one of the recessions that we had. And it was like things were just getting tighter and yeah. tighter. So I'm like, okay, well, I need to either need to figure something out. What am I going to do? So yeah. I ended up starting with that sunglass brand, Hoven, back yeah. in the day. Because one of my best friends I grew up with um, was working for him. And 
he got, I ended up getting paid a little bit of money to be a surfer for them to get photos, you know, a couple hundred bucks, whatever yeah. it was. And, yeah. But they, and they then were that turned in, yeah. And then that turned into where as they started growing and like Chad Navarro was there and my buddy Tony and Alan and, uh, and then it just turned into where Chad's like, Hey dude, well, look, we'll pay you a little bit more and you're going to get on the road with me and I'm going to turn you into a rep. Yeah. And I was just like, well, so that was okay. your first, that was my first gig. So I was still surfing a bit, making a little money there, but started working with them. Yeah doing the repping thing and did they have a previous rep at the time or they say hey just not it was still pretty new so 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 cal like what was your job the brand i was doing basically so like orange county and and san diego nice but mainly focused but the brand was new at the time so they were they had money and they were going full steam ahead and uh so it was kind of growing until the wheels fell off so hoping was like you know, that was Mer- my intro point. Yeah. Yeah. What's that? That was my intro. Yeah. And that was like surf. the emerging, uh, you know, emerging sunglass brand that like yeah. what it wasn't so saturated. Wasn't yeah. so saturated, but they yeah. came out and it's uh, getting there. But yeah. But there was a, a good price point. Good price and, point. And they came in. Good styles. Yeah. And they, you know, they got they had Archie on the board. They had Corey Duffel, which was awesome. They had Jason Jesse involved, who was a yeah. good close friend of mine that I grew up with in San Juan, and then. Uh, you know, they got Aki on board, so yeah. they had to hang out with Aki a little bit, which Shit. was freaking awesome. So what, Aki didn't ride for Oakley? Well, he did. <laughs> he did, but he did. I remember the Hoven on his yeah. board for a while. I don't, I, I don't remember that. I do. Yeah. I you do. don't remember? You're, you know everything. Yeah. Um, but what was it like selling, you know, going into the, the shops? You know, did you have an account list already with like Yeah, they already, they already had an account list and like a full attack list of the ones they wanted and ha- already had some shops open. Ashland. <laughs> and, uh, yeah so it was it was you know and and then I, I knew you know I knew all the guys at Killer Dana that ran that shop I yeah. knew the guys at LSNS and uh, obviously HSS I still you know knew yeah. Aaron really well and uh, yeah so and then we started getting into the Jacks and HSS all the bigger ones and yeah. uh, and it started doing pretty well nice and so I was kind of there just just doing that and they were Given, you know, I was basically full time. Yeah. For them. And then still being able to chase the surf when the surf got good. Yeah. Well, I, I just, I like hearing these stories because, you know, I'm sure you've had it and we've all had been asked like, you know, a million and one, whether it's a shop kid or an industry or a kid's, you know, one of your soccer parents. Like, how do you, how did you even get in your industry? How did you get that job? Yeah. It sounds so awesome. I want, is there any opportunity? You know, like True. you get hit up all the time and it's kind of hard to pinpoint. Yep. It's yeah. like, well, we grew up. In this industry you know it's yep. part of it surfing and then you know doors open up or opportunities open yep. up and you know here you are still surfing making a living sunglass opportunity opens up and you got to start from somewhere you start and that's somewhere. So, where you start you just brought up a conversation i wanted to have with casey because i don't i'm pretty sure it was you casey where you were somewhere at a party in san clemente and it was a bunch of like surf coach parents. And, oh shit! <laughs> right? Yeah. And, and I'm probably gonna offend someone now. Well, we don't have to name names, but yeah. didn't that happen where you kind of had to set somebody in place and say, "Look, man, your kid has a a zero point zero chance of becoming a pro surfer." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
yeah. reality yeah, so, of uh, setting in. Because you yeah. guys know more than anybody. Yeah. I mean, so yeah. yeah, one of my friend, yeah, it's at my friend's house, they're having a little get together with some other parents. I think there was like three moms around the table, and uh, all three of them. I forget what kids they were, but they're all great little surfers from San Clemente that are. You yeah. Know, they're talking about how they're not going to school and they're doing homeschool and. They're, they're focused on doing the tour and all this stuff. And and my buddy's wife asked me, he's like, hey, you know, can you can you talk to my friends about your... And, I, and I'm like, well, I mean, I've had a couple beers. And do you want me to be honest? And she's yeah. like, yeah, no, I want you to be honest. Because I'm, you know, I didn't go to college. I wish I did. You know, you can always look back at the things but you're not, you didn't do. You're but you're not sending them in place no. because you're being mean or, or dismissive. You're, you're just telling them as There's it is. There's a handful like, yeah. of things this I would have This is going to benefit you. Yeah. But... Looking back, if you change anything, it'll fuck up what happens in the future. So, yeah. yeah. Um, as far as I'm concerned, I mean, school's so important. Yeah. And, and call, getting those first four years of college, I think, is a very important thing. And yeah. uh, so, anyways, you know, when I see all these kids, you know, doing all these 360 years, and, you know, every kid nowadays surfs good. You go down T Street, and there's a freaking, it's gnarly. Like, yeah, there's yeah. a lot of good surfers. And there's definitely the cream of the crop of the kids that are, are, Got a ton of potential. Yeah. So, yeah. Anywho, they they asked me what I thought, and uh, I told them that I think they were that any parent that is putting taking their kid out of school to focus on getting to be a pro surfer would be a foolish thing to do, and that they should at least go through high school, yeah, and at least two years of community college, unless they're a Kaloe yeah. or unless they're a John John and they're getting paid a hundred thousand dollars. And yeah. just from what I know and from what I see, there's only a handful of these guys getting paid these big giant contracts. Yeah. And the middle tier, which is where I would have put myself back in the day, making a living, getting to go travel and surf contest should have spent that time focusing on, on school. Cause I, I could have flown through that and then still, by the time I was making the most money I was ever making as a surfer, I was like 27, yeah, yeah. 28. So it's like, and they were kind of a little taken back. Like, <laughs> That's like, not well, what we well, want to hear. You, I thought my kids got 14 is going to sign a million dollar contract. And I'm like, well, if you really think about it, there's not a whole lot of money that's being given out to these kids in that middle tier. So unless you're winning, if he's, if your son's winning every single contest he gets into and being asked to go on all these trips and he's over in Hawaii surfing in Hawaii, yeah. Which none of your kids are doing all winter long, then you're 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 basically setting them up for failure. And yeah. one of the moms got pretty pissed. And I was just <laughs> like, Hey, you asked me what I thought. I I've been there, done that, and yeah. if it was my kid, I mean literally they could do both things. They could yeah. still go to school, they could still be a great surfer, and they're not gonna be winning world titles until they're a developed surfer and that's going to not be till they're 22 yeah, 23 yeah. 24 there's well, only i mean yeah hey, and john john and and some of those guys the mcfannings of the world the, there's for sure honestly yeah, i love slick. it because you know we we get frustrated surfing cr crowded places like huntington and seeing kids that should be in school that should be yeah. learning not just not just getting yeah. education, but also yeah. having social interaction with other totally. people to make them well-rounded citizens in the future. And high school, I think, is so important for that. Not just yeah. the grades, but that social interaction. Yeah, it's more so 
than ever before now with the social media. I mean, the phones, it's like, I hate my phone. Yeah. <laughs> but I couldn't live without it. Yeah, sure. I do all my work on it. My wife tracks me on it. Yeah. <laughs> I can keep track my kids on it. It's yeah. like, so even for my kids, I would love for them to grow up like I did and be able to just run amok in the creek and, yeah. hey, come in when the streetlights come on. Yeah. But now yeah. it's just different. It different. is different. And so now every, you know, every, but kid, that is, every kid is just like this. The whole that time. is such a great story because it, it's so relevant to what's going on in the world of surf today. You know, like, it's it's a shame that, it, it, I mean, honestly, I'm jealous of yeah. that kid. But in reality, in the future, like, you know, you hope for the best, right? Like, Well, and unfortunately, with all the COVID and stuff we've been dealing with this last year, I think, I mean marketing budgets are gone done yeah so it's you like that mid tier which was always a tough tier anyways like once again i think me and jay were the timing that we had during the industry and when it was there was just a lot going on yeah. and you know now i just don't it's just like and that, and you're that, either getting a photo incentive and a free box of clothes every three months or yeah. you're getting paid two hundred fifty thousand dollars. yeah and that's unfortunate and that's super unfortunate. i think i think that's that you know lies on the shoulders of the industry as well because you know great brands like a Quicksilver and um, like an O'Neill and all these you know kind of old school generation yeah. brands that have survived you know the the ups and downs of the last 30 40 years they've always had and even Volcom took you know their the page out of the notebook of you know shop kid you know, yeah. best kid, best shop. Who's our best shop? Okay, let's make sure we got the best kid on their team on our, on, yeah. you know, and they're at that level. And then, then you look at it like a regional or a state or West Coast, East Coast. Okay, let's like make sure we got the best like East Coast, West yep. Coast. And then let's make sure we got the, the best kid that's aspiring to be like a tour guy yep. or whatever. So there's always layers within the, the, the marketing plans of these companies. And there's always a place where a local you know, Ripper could make some money, maybe go to school. Yeah. Yeah. There was also, you know, pro-ams and, and you know, yeah. that we were able to not have to travel halfway around the world to compete. Yep. And totally. So there was, there was a lot of money back then, but it was being divvied up a little better yeah. than it is today. Yeah. You know, right now it's a marquee player. Yeah. And then you're getting a box and a sticker yeah. and yeah. a photo incentive. Or, or like the ground. there's like no photo the, the, You know, the, all but, the getting the best team kids and at each shop yeah. that aren't, you know, still have their own life and doing their stuff, but they rip surfing or fishing or diving or hunting, whatever they do. Yeah. They're doing that. Stuff. And that, I mean, that's just different times and everything now with the social media and stuff. And, you know, we had the, the magazines and that was so important to, to show up in the magazines and, totally. and, and to be in the video that, you know, Snapping per Turtles putting out a movie a year or Taylor Steele or whatever. You yeah, to make get sure. those parts in that movie were huge. And so. yeah, I mean, it, Help both of you for sure parlay both of us. Yeah. your careers to move on to yeah. the next tier. If we, if we didn't have those platforms, if we didn't have those relationships with those and, guys, yeah, and again, happen. relationships because yeah. there's a lot of guys that ripped that never even got in a freaking one of those movies. Yeah. And it yeah. could have been where they were, could have been their attitude, because could have been like dumb luck. It, but you know, to be able to, you know, again, work, work that angle with those guys. And, and be able to follow it up next year, yeah. you know, and next yeah. year and, and, and having it prolong. Yeah. It's, yeah. A lot of the things that we, that come out of our conversations with our, with, you know, guys like you is, is like real life lessons, you know, that people should pick up on and <laughs> like take, you know, 
take heed in especially the kids like you you guys not only were great surfers yeah. right but you're also good people which you know you work well, it hard depends on who you talk to <laughs> <laughs> but it, but it, you know what I'm saying cuz yeah, no that, that goes a long like way said, Jay, like you said Jay like you could rip but if you're a dick Art Brewer is not going to fucking invite you on, but, but it, on the trip. But on the side note of that too is, you also knew you had to know how to network and and also your work ethic. Like I would call, you know, Rob Keith down in Oceanside, like and try to hook up with him. I call Mike Ballsrup, and you know, you you had to kind of like you had to network. You had to yeah. network. You had to play your odds on like you know work with photographers. They're the ones with working with the magazines. Like hey, I'm going to get on this trip. Pete Frieden would he would call me all the time. Like dude, you're you're fun to hang out with. You're easy. Yeah. You never no drama. You're ready to go. And you know the the, the more you could you know re- outreach. This is live. Hey, Kenworthy, where, where are you gonna be? Where where are you gonna be filming tomorrow? Oh, that place is shitty. Taylor, <laughs> I'll be at Oceanside. See you there. Dude, <laughs> no, Forced Kenworthy. I hate, I hate to say it, but that was I true. Was... <laughs> Dude, you were you were looking at okay, where's it gonna be best? Where's my best opportunity yeah. to? You know, and then you would start working with yeah. Balzers and Rob Keith and Art and Larry and all yeah. these guys. Yeah. And it's like if you were like showed up at the beach with somebody else, you would have been like, if I showed up at Creek with a different photographer and Flame yeah. was down there, he'd be like, Yeah, you're uh, black- cheating you're, on me. No, you're blackballed. <laughs> yeah, like literally, I will not turn my camera towards. That's yeah. so funny. Flame, Flame, like it, it, it Flame told me he's all. I got one of the best shots I've taken in a long time of you. And it's going to be like a quarter page and would have been like a two page spread if you had color. Yeah. And he's all, you need to put more color on. Yeah. And I'm like, ding, 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 ding. Okay. Yeah. Next thing you know, like I'm showing up with, you know, what he asked for. Yeah. You, know? you know who was one of the best of that? Jason Hoey. Jason Hoey, for sure. He Dude. Got, he got multiple covers at close out tubes because yeah. he had yeah. color coordinated and was at the right place at the right time and surfed well. Yeah. Flame told him that, right? Yeah. Well, he knew, he, he kind of, I mean, there's a handful of guys that definitely, yeah. I mean, we've all did it, yeah. but I mean, it was, it made a huge difference. Yeah. Dude, well, think of, okay, there's been a lot of covers in this world, right? In this, in, mm-hmm. in surf, oh, yeah, in surf well, for, for sure. 50, but 60 years to, of to be on the cover, right? That's Pretty almost special. like winning the yeah. lotto and Hoey probably got what? I, think I know he had at least two. Yeah, on surfing. At least two. two or three. At least two on surfing. He might have had another one on surfing. And yeah. no disrespect to Hoey, but wow. Hoey. Of all worth, these people in the world, yeah. you know, he was at the right place at the right time. No, but there was like, twice. like but Flame was good at it. Flame was, at, was good at it. Flame was an incredible photographer. It was Salt Creek right at his backyard, front yeah. yard, whatever, and he was the editor chief at the magazine. <laughs> so, it, yeah. to go shoot photos with these other photographers yeah. that are freelancing, whatever, yeah. versus the staff photographers yeah. like a brewer, you know, yeah. these guys that they contribute to the magazine, they're staff. Like they're they it's it's got more weight. And there was a lot a of show. up and coming photographers, which once again go back to what Jay was saying, like different time. I mean, there was no auto focus and take 500 photos it was like you had a roll of 36 and if you were swimming in the water yeah you had 36 photos 36 chances to 36 chances shot. and yeah like so yeah yeah so a lot of these younger photographers would, would start working under the guy like larry and flame at, at surfing or the, the brewers and 
whoever was at at Jason Murray at Surfer Magazine, and like, yeah, so you were trying to just, all right, where do I need to be? We love you, Hoey. Yeah, no, but it, I mean, it, so it goes back to you know, like we were just saying, you gotta you gotta rip, you know, you gotta learn how to network and work hard. It's like you know, there's not just one. Oh, you rip and everything got handed to you and you just got good shots because you yeah. rip. It's like, there's a lot more that goes into it. It's yeah. like, you know, you got to be at the right place at the right time and obviously A lot perform. of people have to earn it. Yeah. You know? Well, now yeah. it's just such a bummer that one, there's no magazines anymore. Such a bummer. Like, at least to not have, like, Surfer being gone just kills me, but Surfer and Surfing were like our, our Bibles. And yeah. I mean, it was such a huge part of our lives. And then, you know, yeah, we got Surfline, but now it's like... Everything that happens, you see on someone's Instagram in 30 seconds after they get off the water. So it's yeah. like there's no, you know, you see it on Surfline. It's not the same as the magazine. So it's like unless you got, you know, now it's interesting seeing the kids that are, you know, Mason Ho, Jamie O'Brien, those guys that have got these huge followings on Instagram and they're creating their own brand. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's their own, their own work that, that is now beyond what and that's where the I company feel, could tell them what to do. Yeah. And that's what I feel like this this industry needs yeah. more than ever is, you know, and, and we talk about it and, and it's on social media is more surfer owned brands and, you know, get corporate out and, you know, let these brands grow organically through that, the athlete being the mm -hmm. ambassador, being the, the man, you know, that's, you know, got the, the forefront of what he wants. This is my design or I want it to be like this. Yeah. You know, it's a little different than somebody that has business smarts and money that just wants to, you know, yeah. Be a tap part into of, the tap into it. It. yeah. So, well, we are seeing that, you know, definitely seeing new brands come and go or coming up, and some are going, you know, some are, <laughs> some are going, but it's it's a definitely different, yeah, different outreach, you know, and you don't yeah. have the big fives and the sports lays and Macy's and all these big chains that that basically took surfing and all of a sudden kind of. But then suck, the soul, suck the soul out of it. Yeah. But the poly, but and the, all the big brands, whether they be the Volcoms yeah. or the Quicksilvers or the Billabongs, it's like before they knew it, the core was just a small portion of their business. Yeah. But the big chains were such a huge part of it, and they had nothing to do with surfing. They didn't nothing. give a shit about it. Yeah. Nothing. But they weren't putting any of that money back in. I mean, it might have been going to some of the obviously mm. for the marketing. Yeah. But it was hurting the the core, yeah. which is where. Yeah, but you know, we we that, also that's your. That's your mainstay for being relevant being relevant yeah. yeah but you know we also don't talk about like the the politics and the magazine side you know it's like oh if you got a good shot no how all it also you got all these big brands spending money oh yeah and they're gonna put their athlete their logo on and the cover and in the spreads and in the you know for so sure. there's a lot of you know politics where there could be good shots but it's like well i gotta i gotta put some of these athletes in because that sponsor is spending this much a year with their advertising, yeah. you know? So there's very, a lot of very seldom would you see, there was a couple covers where it was like some random guy, but it was just an amazing tube shot and they would run it. But for the most part, like they said, if you didn't have Bill Bong, Quicksilver, yeah. Volcom, and those guys were, I mean, rightfully so, like, dude, we're spending $200,000 in marketing. Yeah. We want three covers. Yeah. Yep. And that's, you know, and that's, and those guys game. would get those shots anyway. So it yeah. wasn't like, it was like, okay, we got to give them a shitty no, shot. They, like they, they were getting their top guys they, would get. They had they thousands of photos to choose thousands from. Thousands <laughs> of photos to choose from. But, it, you know, that's an interesting angle that people don't, you know, that necessarily don't think about is, you know, how the magazines and the advertising worked and how that flowed into, you know, marketing and the athletes and sponsors. And, I mean, it's. It's a bummer because now it's dead. It, it is. It's a bummer. It's literally gone. Yeah. yeah. 
And now yeah. you have to be your your shameless, you know, shamelessly like self promoter, you know. Yeah. To well, I hope magazines like Free Surf keep going, yeah. Mike Lachonic, um, Surfers Journal, yeah. right? Yeah, we just and we need to tell people to support it if if they want them to. Yeah, I was know, I was bummed like to see stabbing. I was bummed to see Bliss go. Cause yeah, I, I really enjoyed looking at that, and I know oh, how I hard Nick and Joey work, you know, on that, and it was just such a shame to see that. Just be like, dude, it's, is it really worth it? Yeah. And it was like, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It's a different different time, yeah. you know? And going back to... But the passion's how... still there within, every, within like, the, the surfer and the culture and the community, you yeah. know? It's just, yeah. you just got to figure out how to make it profitable where, you know, people have got... Make soft talks. <laughs> Start a soft talk company. Well, uh, I think we missed that bubble. Like, I, know. <laughs> I don't know. It depends on how fast they get those those things containers unloaded. Yeah. On the, well, the two of the biggest bloggers in the world are like novelty soft top um, surfers. Like that's kind of what yep. sells. Yeah. Like sex sells, but soft yeah. tops do too. That's funny, but but, but yeah, I think true. it's it's also who are you talking about, Kalani and Jamie? No, well, well Kalani too, yeah, but Kalani but Ben Gravy, yeah. Jamie, yeah. and Kalani. But I but I think you know when we were surfers, and even up until probably you know You're still five surfing. years ago. No, I meant like as a as a pro, paid yeah. athlete, paid athlete. Um, <laughs> you know, everybody was dreaming like, oh, you know the. Best trip, best photo, this, that, you know, was very, like, commercial, like, driven and very, like, I, I would say, like, uh, high caliber. Yeah. Now, with these guys doing the soft tops and why it's resonating, because it's, it's bringing the fun back, you know? And, totally. And having, it's okay to be kooky sometimes, and it's okay to show your wife outs, you know? Mm -hmm. And it's okay to, like, ride a different board and... You know, back in the day, if you rode different boards, we're like, dude, what are you doing on that? You look like crap. Or, <laughs> you know, you're going to ruin your surfing, surfing that twin fin or single fin. Now it's like, no, actually, it's going to help you because it's going to make you more well-rounded. And I'm going to have fun. I would have a crappy session. We're, we're, we're talking about California conditions yeah. most of the time. I mean, it's been <laughs> unbelievable this last two months yeah. of swell. But typically, you you know, you would get bored riding your thruster every day. You know, like, oh, I got to yeah. stay motivated. Now, when you look at your quiver... It's not all high performance short boards and step ups. It's yeah. like single fin, soft top, twin fin, fish. Yeah. You know, like you, you have all these, you know, fun tools, you know, to go out and, and rip. And, and I think that's what these guys are, you know, like, you know, Sean. the Bing Gravies and the, and the Kalani's and the Jamie O'Brien's and the guys, you know, especially, yeah. you know, uh, Mason. Holy crap, that guy. Oh my you know? gosh. Well, him, I mean, Kalani's done a great job yeah. and had a huge resurgence and, such a great surfer but I mean, yeah he and just looks even... look like he's just having so much fun and then you watch jamie who's got you know he's doing such amazing stuff and then yeah has all this funny stuff that he's doing that's just i mean it's so fun to watch it what, is what's funny and weird when you say kalani and and it's vlogging right yeah. he's making a living off it it's not even him it's that other dude beefs tv like oh, kalani yeah. just kind of doesn't even kalani just uses Beef's TV, which is somebody else, oh. which is. I'm sure they're. I'm sure they're. I don't know how that works. I don't have I don't many Instagram followers. Connie, we need to be on the show so we can get the ins and outs, yeah. bro. Yeah, Barn. Stop dodging. <laughs> no, but um, but yeah, I don't know if they're partners or how that works, but um, but yeah, I mean, it just goes to show, you know. Okay. You don't have to be the 
the best tour surfer to make a living. Like there's guys making yep. a living that are great surfers and could be pro surfers at, at the highest level of, you know, the, well, the tour. Especially now since there's who's your tour favorite right um, vlogger to watch right now? Oh, Mace Ho and Jamie for sure. Mason Ho? Mason Ho. Me Ma- too. Mace is just. Me too. He just stokes me out. I want Archie to not talk and just do what Mason Ho does. Just have some rad surfing in it. No talking, just rad surfing because we all will still watch Archie surfing, right? Yeah. And just get, kind of just do what fucking Mason's doing, putting sick music to him surfing. I don't right? know, you, you watched that current, we just talked about the current drop and it's kind of cool to watch these guys play music and talk and... Yeah. Talk fins and it wasn't and, like but, there was some crazy but, like barrel or errors. Yeah, it but, was like, oh my gosh, that's look, he's riding this funky board and he's yeah. having fun. I know Jamie knows, but yeah, Kern's got a weird personality, <laughs> and 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 you know, you you know him more than we do. Archie's pretty like he's super cool, but you don't I don't need think him. Archie's gonna do that. Yeah, but he could. Know, I mean, I would watch Archie. You would watch Archie yeah. serves if you well, had for sure. If For he had sure. cool music to Archie's... Archie's music. Garage TV. Yeah. Come and on. And all he did is surf and you have cool music, yeah. you'd watch yeah. it. Wrench, I'd watch wrenching it. on cars, yeah. doing building stuff, yeah. freaking... Hey, can but we, can we do a surf side of this and I'll just go do the surf and we could do this on the podcast and research JLR. I can make a second running. What? Sure. I'm gonna work on my. Is it what do you call it, vlogs? I'm, I'm gonna go get a. I'm gonna go get a. I gotta really work on my, my vlog podcast. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, so. Talking about today, have you done any um, wave pools yet? No, I have not. Why not, bro? I just haven't. I haven't done the BSR one, and uh, we got to get you out there. Kevin, yeah. BSR, either BSR or fucking Slaters. Yeah. Oh, that would be awesome, but yeah, just has it just hasn't happened. Yeah. I don't really. Salty, don't get me wrong. A sales meeting though. We were, it's funny you say that because we were planning on it prior to all COVID. the COVID stuff. And uh, that's still, you know, we probably will one day at, at the BSR one. Yeah. Go and go do something like that. That was been top. Our last couple of sales meetings we did prior to COVID, we got to get everybody out here and go fishing on the boats, which was super fun. But, yeah. You know, that's what's cool. Mo- almost every one of the guys associated all still, they love to surf, love to fish. So yeah. The wave pool thing would be fun. So let's just retrack a little bit, like. You you got an industry with Hoven doing sunglasses, yep. still making some pro surf money. At what point did did you just go all in? Did you pick up another brand or two? Yeah, or? Um, started eventually working for Block Surf, Block which surf. was huge. Larry Block's been in business for forty years and yep. basically a distributor. So he sells we sell everything from leash strings for ten cents all the way up to Thule racks and board bags, Dean kit, like everything. So. Yeah. He's been working with all the shops, so that was that was a huge, yeah. of course, of course. So when I finally got the the gig to rep Block Surf, and they had a, a rep down in San Diego that was basically just not really doing a whole lot. Yeah, and he worked at a shop, great guy, but he was just not hustling, hustling. And I and I knew Larry a little bit, and I'm like, Larry, dude, I'll let me take over Orange County for you. And he's like, Well, I've had this rep for like ten years. And I'm like, Yeah, but he he's not coming up to Orange County. He's Basically, so the know, San Diego rep did Orange County and San, and San Diego, Diego, but he lived down there, so it was... yeah. So he's like, okay, finally, you know, he gave me Orange County, and after about a year, um, you I was doing pretty good, and he's just like, hey, 
I'm going to give you San Diego too. And, you know, I had some connections in San Diego, but not that much on yeah. the retail side. So once I got that, then I was, you know, I had Block and then Hoven. And yeah. Still, you know, surfing, not not really like getting any salary, but yeah, you know, getting free stuff and some photo incentive and whatnot. But uh, so that was it. And then uh, the wheels, oh, at one point, you know, after that, I... Uh, was still real good friends with Matt and Mike at, at Lost and, and all that. And Lost was doing really good. And uh, that position for San Diego came up for a rep for Lost. And uh, I went after that. Had no experience in the clothing, which was new to me. Yeah. But was passionate about the brand and, and the guys behind it. And uh, ended up getting that. So that was my first uh, so real clothing deal. Was this and back I, when they were doing their energy drink and everything? And they were blowing up? It was right. Like they already had the energy drink and they were... Killing. They were blowing up, and like when I got it, it was like just when they were just starting to come down. So like mm-hmm. I had, you know, got the job, got my sample line, started talking to my buddy about what do I, how do I talk about this, how do I talk about it? what am I, what am I doing, yeah. <laughs> basically, and uh, yeah, started going into all these shops, and it was kind of a eye opener because they're like already like kind of shrinking the clothing side of the brand, which yeah. was kind of difficult for me because they had all these big expectations, and I was just like, dude. Well, walking into all these appointments and they're like yeah we're taking you off the wall and giving you a gondola or we're cutting it from this amount to this amount and i was like wow why why and it's like well it's just you know we're looking at selfie reports and this is what we're dealing with so what and what was it do you think marketing design a little bit of both uh, team that's always been an interesting dynamic just because you know they've done such a great job with surfboards yeah you know, not just Matt himself with Mayhem, but um, with it being lost surfboards, and that's you know, and Channel Islands did it back in the day. They Channel came out Islands, with they came out Rusty, with a clothing company. Yeah, yeah. They were pushing the Channel Islands clothing, and it would completely just flopped. That's and there was like you got Channel spots. Islands and you got Lost. You got the two biggest branded surfboards, yeah. and you know, so I just don't think the clothing and Lost is I think done a great job they've had some great success of course but it's just yeah. it hasn't turned into like yeah. the Volcom or the it's the, like it's like we get it right like if you have a successful brand you, you want to diversify your portfolio and you want to get other does. categories but sometimes it works and seldomly it does and most of the time it doesn't because yeah. like it's tough. Rusty was Rusty pretty was, much Another dominating. Yeah. It dominated for for fucking years. For and years. You're yeah. like, okay, this will never go away. Yeah. And what happens? It it went away. Yeah. And again, Channel Islands. You know, we had Lambrizi on, and I didn't know, but he was kind of spearheading the soft goods and accessories of Channel Islands, but it was too hard. No one, you yeah. know, because in this world of of you look at the 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 pie of a of, of retail. Yep. The pie is big. No, no one's coming to you saying, "Hey, we got a big chunk of this pie that we need to fill." <laughs> yeah. You want to fill it, take it from right. somebody else. <laughs> you know, it's it's like already it's, 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 it's someone's losing their someone's, someone's losing, losing their losing share. something. Yeah. To get and, to get you to be in that spot, and yeah. it's crazy because lost it was so uh, in your face, kind of like tongue in cheek. And they you know, always stay true to themselves. It, yeah. it was, it was, it could have been, and it was, a, you know, an yeah. apparel brand that yeah. people were digging at one point in time. Right? Yeah, they had. Well, it was just that whole, I think, vibe with the 
with Vol- with with Volcom doing the like youth against establishment yeah, yeah. and just edgy and you know kind of the middle finger to the yeah. industry and everybody and everything going my own way. Lost was took that same. So, so was the was it right after they were doing the we have Mick Fanning and it was like a Mexican guy. <laughs> Remember those ads? Oh, they're so good. The, the, oh, yeah, yeah. The, the lost. Yeah, yeah, we have. That was you know, Should Mex- bring some of those Three-time Mexican champ, Big yeah. Fanny. <laughs> they did yeah, some really they, creative they stuff. They got some. Yeah, exactly. They got. They did some really creative stuff. They would be a good get Matt and Mike on here. That'd be funny stories. Yeah. So that. So you took. So I did Lost for. I think I lasted like six months, and I was Ooh. like. Maybe, maybe eight months. It was just, it was just tough. It was just really the timing was tough, and I was getting kind of, you know, I still had was working for Hoven and doing block, and uh, went back to the guys at Hoven and were just like, hey, if you can get me back to where I was, I would rather just go two, you know, both feet in with you guys than than being and chasing around four seasons. Yeah. And, so wait, uh, did you quit Hoven to to do Lost? Or? No, they they. But they divvied up the territory. They, they were paying me a draw, or not a draw. They were paying me a salary. Mm-hmm. Oh. So they were paying me to work, and it was pretty good. It was really good. So when I decided to take loss, knowing that I was probably going to take six months before I started seeing any income yeah. come in, they're like, "All right, well, we'll pay you this much for the next couple months, and then you're going to go to this in commission only." It was a little bit more than that, but it was, yeah. which was nice of them, but it was definitely like. Oh, okay. Yeah. And then things just weren't what, you know, and, the, and Lost was going through some different growing pains when they're, you know, in La Jolla and then they were coming out. They came out of La Jolla and, and there was just a lot of moving parts going on at that time. And I was just yeah. like, dude, I, I, I need something super, you know, I just got married and uh, we were, I was just like, I need something that's, I know Stable. I can count on. So yeah. Yeah. went back, got them to, to agree to get me back on board. So I was once again doing Hoven and Block again. And then the wheels fell off at Hoven and all everything, everybody just scattered like ants. And that happened kind of overnight and just basically mismanaged money and all that. So that was kind of like all, all of a sudden I was just doing Block. Wow. Which was doing all right, you know, it was but, doing all right. But yeah. And then the guy, two of the guys that were with Hoven forever, we had to go through a bunch of legal mumbo jumbo. And once the dust cleared with that, um, I didn't know at the time, but they ended up starting Matson after a year of waiting for all the BS to, to stop. And when they started that, I jumped in with those guys. So started out with Matson doing block. And that's when, you know, it wasn't too long after that, that I was talking to Milo and, you know, they actually sent me, Salty Crew guys sent me, a box that I had no idea. I just get this box at my house with this card that I still have. Yeah. A handwritten letter from Jared and Milo. Like, hey, you know, think you're cool, blah, whatever it said. And here's a cool little box of a couple of tees and hats. And I was just like, as soon as I saw it, I was just like. That's different. Salty That's, crew? yeah. Like, you know, if you told me this, like, hey, we're going to start a brand called Salty Crew. I'd have been like. Really? Yeah. <laughs> but at the first moment I laid eyes on the shirt, I was just like, oh, that's. Uh, that's me it makes yeah. sense it connects that, that's cool yeah. so i'm like yeah. proud to wear it all that stuff and i started talking to to milo and <clears throat> didn't really know jared that much at all um and then started you know talking to him a little bit because he was the reef rep at the time and i'd see him on the road and you know just great great guy and uh i, I remember which is kind of a funny story but uh so i'm talking to milo and milo's like oh yeah you know we're you know because starting the 
to grow. Like I'm seeing it around because they they seeded it well by sending these boxes to like yeah, you know Milo's top twelve reps and a bunch of these other guys to where all of a sudden it starts kind of like little seeds are like planted and uh, I'm like, well Milo, when are you gonna get a rep? He's like, oh well, you know we're looking at one right now. I'll let you know. And so they ended up uh, trying to get Joel Olnick to be the rep for Salty Crew, and it was right in the infantile stage. Yeah, and Joel turned it down, and I got it. Because Joel, Joel was already in, in with, you know, he was good friends with the guys at Rourke. Yeah. Rourke was already, like, starting and going. So he, he committed to, to, to Rourke. And then when I think when they asked him to do it, because, you know, he dives and he'd already been doing the apparel and all this stuff. So then they, they called me up and like, hey, do you Boy, want did, it? They, did they dodge a bullet? <laughs> <laughs> Olick is a dork. Uh, yeah. Olick is a coot. Just kidding. No. Joel. It's awesome. Stoked for Joel. He's stoked. He's, I think yeah, he's no, happy I with Electric and, and, and Rourke. And it worked out for me because it was the perfect scenario for me. Because literally Jared handed me, Jared Milo handed me four t-shirts and four hats and said, here you go. <laughs> Here's your line. See what you can do. And Jared's like, hey, just like we got it in Mitch's La Jolla. And I think there was, I think Claremont had a couple tees at the time. I mean, we literally had like four tees and four hats. Like, And, well, and yeah. that was your territory, San Diego? or Orange, Orange County and San Diego. Yeah. So I was like, cool, you know, you yeah. know started talking. How hard was it to get in the hangar? It, it wasn't that hard. <laughs> it wasn't that hard. So yeah, hangar had it. But once again, it was so small, you know, and I still at that point, like, I, this is so cool, but I didn't really think it was going to just blow up. Like I knew it was going to, could be good, but I didn't yeah. know what to expect. And yeah. it was like almost you're a every fisherman show. too, right? Like, yeah, I'm having... not a fisherman like Jared or some of these guys, but I yeah. can tie a knot and catch fish. He knows how to shoot a gun and bow and arrow. And, yeah. Yeah, 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 I like yeah. to kill stuff I can eat. Yeah, but uh, anywho, so I was pretty blown away. Like the response at the shop level was like, oh, cool. Well, you know, we like you, Casey. You're a good dude, and and. Salty Crew, we've been seeing it around. They, they all like Jared. Everyone knew who Jared was, and yeah. and Milo for that matter too. And they're just like, shoot, you know, yeah, send us some hats and some tees. And it was like those first two years, it was all at once hats yeah. and tees. And it was just like every other week I'd go in there, I'd be like, yeah, oh, we'll take another twenty hats, another yeah. couple stacks of tees, and then it was just all count and fill. And then we started making some cut and sew, which was mediocre at best, but you know, especially competing against the Rukas and Billabongs and Quicks, like. Cut and so it was just a whole different yeah ball game so it just started it just started going and going and going it was just amazing yeah and then it started how long how then long the, you the been speed wobble started coming how long you been doing it since the beginning i was their first rep i was their first rep and i think it's been shit seven years now so crazy seven yeah so crazy so I, was, I was their first rep and then willie was their second rep which was freaking awesome because i always looked up to willie when i was a kid yeah and Another great knew surfer. him. Oh man, he rest was he was just R.I.P. Can make me cry. Yeah, <laughs> he was a good dude. Yeah, awesome. but, but watching him as a pro surfer and looking up to him, and then watching him as like this iconic rep that was just smashing oh it back in the day with Quicksilver and all yeah. these guys. Because I had some good friends that were in Quick, and like Willie was just like a, a god. Yeah, you know, and just living large and. So for being to, to get a... to meet to get to meet Willie on, the, on a, as a sales rep and get to pick his brain and spend like I was that before he passed I was talking to him like every day yeah yeah and he was just such he was just so fun to be around and it's so it's so crazy and like uh, to when you look at you know 
they say never judge a book by its cover, right? And when you look at Willie, you're like, you know, if you said, hey, did you know that that guy rips? Did you know that guy charges? Did you know that guy fucking, you know, one of the coolest guys? Like, no, he doesn't look like that at all. Yeah. But he was. For sure. And you're just like, He lived it. He, He lived it hard and, yeah. He surfed. He was a good, he genuine amazing. Dude. Yeah, he did. He worked the photo side of things. He worked the contest side of things. He charged. Yeah, massive waves. And then as a fisherman, the guy was one of the gnarliest fishermen. Yeah, and what's Ever. rad is like, like super said, humble. Like yeah. he would never be like. Yeah, yeah. Gen- genuine dude. Yeah, so dude. one of my yeah. one of my good friends that I met through Willie Fred Hammer of Fury, another guy you should get on the show. Um, so Fred, Who was Clean, that? this guy Fred Cleanshaw, he was Willie's neighbor, and. Willie was always telling me, oh, you got to meet this guy, Fred. He got my, my neighbor. He freaking loves to hunt, surfs, makes boards, and all this stuff. And uh, so, when, unfortunately, when Willie passed, me and Fred became good friends. But it was just crazy because Fred was, you know, full surfer guy, my, my age, and grew up surfing and idolizing Willie. And he's like, dude, I lived next door to this guy for eight years. And never knew it was Willie Morris. Oh my god! Because I knew his name's Willie. But he fished, and but he, he fished. Was, he kind of surfed. And, like, but I just, but just never seen him surfing or and anything. And I'm surfs? like, really? And he's like, yeah. Wasn't until one day, you know, he was out there tinkering on his boat, and I started talking to him, and you know, he asked me if I wanted a beer. So I forget what it was, but he walks into his garage, and if you walked into Willie's garage, it was just it was pretty bare, and it just had like rolling racks of all his rolling rack shit. But you wouldn't know if you looked up and he had a bunch of surfboards up there. And like if you knew Willie and his airbrushes, you'd look at me and go, that's fucking Willie Morris. Yeah. And so Fred walks into his garage. It, it and, took and him eight years to figure so, that out. So I'm like, I don't out. know the exact, but it was, a, it was a long time. And yeah. so he walks in and he looks up and he's like, board, lightning bolt air spray, <laughs> big guy named Willie. He's like, are you Willie Morris? <laughs> he's like, oh, yeah. But, he was super so cool. And he was just like, dude, it was so rad. I just couldn't believe that I was living next to Willie Morris and this whole time. That's so cool. That's pretty cool. It's yeah, typical awesome. Willie. Yeah, Willie, yeah. Willie, I've run into him at accounts up in LA and stuff. And he was just, you know, he's there getting work done just yeah. like all of us are. But he would just hang out and just like yeah. shoot the shit, shoot the shit. and just hang. Like, you know, usually we're, we got a schedule, you know, we yeah. want to get in and now handle business and, you know, get, do our thing. And he, he was just like, I'm hanging out here for a day. Yeah. I and he would just want to, he like wanted that. to hear about what you were doing. Yeah. yeah. He, he didn't want to talk about himself or what he had done. He just wanted to hear about what you were like, doing. Where'd you surf, we, where'd you surf yeah, this yeah. week? Oh yeah. Like, you know, always just genuine. Cool. Yeah. I, Cause we're like, like you said, you know, we're like, okay, we're going to try to maximize our deal on the road. Right. Yeah. But you want to spend quality time with people. But you want to maximize your time on the road. Oh, yeah. And and I envy guys like Willie who are like, you know, I'm sure they maximize their time on the road too, but they just seem so much more like laid back, relaxed, and fucking like... Yeah. Where, you, where everyone that they come in contact with, they're like, yeah. oh, man, he's the best. You, Lar, you're okay. Yeah. Willie's the best. <laughs> he's he's probably doesn't have a, a kid he's got to pick up at daycare before it closes, <laughs> yeah. or you're going to get fine oh, extra money. Oh, excuses. Oh, you got to get back for soccer practice or water polo practice or this or that. <laughs> totally. Hey, yeah. that's we, just we, different. You know, being yeah. in sales, we know. It's like, yeah, I love the schmooze with yeah. the guys. And there's a lot of times, too, the accounts are like, okay. Yeah. yeah. So, Todd. leave? So. <laughs> Here's your yeah. order. Go. So, uh, you were also part of... Uh, lockbox fin systems part owner 
Yeah. And what was, is that still around or? Yeah, kind of. We still have it kind of distributed through BlockSurf, but it's been, yeah. uh, it's been tough. It's, it was just super duper tough yeah. competing against Future and FCS. I was super passionate about it and yeah. invested a lot of time and money and uh, in design just kind of had a, a R&D. tough stuff going on with my with my partners that I had. Yeah. And uh, so it just kind of. You know, we, we were working with Rainbow Fin Company. They were making our fins, which was great. The box was a good box and uh, had the adjustability in it, which was great. But it just came down to it was just such a hard market with FCS yeah. having such control of it. And then yeah. Future, who kind of beat us to the market a little bit sooner. And, yeah. you know, with such an easy click on system, which still just baffles me, but it's now the norm. Yeah. So yeah. it just got to the point to where I was putting in too much effort into it to and not getting anything out of it in yeah. return so i was like well i i brought up that's just because you're a part of it but we we talk about surf and design and you know we'll talk about shapes and stuff but you know the surf fin and the foil and the rake and the in the cam cam and like the does it, everything about that is super intricate you know mm -hmm. although there's formulas and what they stay you know what works for the most but you know, even the best shapers were like, my board's only as good as the fins that are on it, you know, for that condition. Well, yes and no. Starts yeah. with the board. But for um, sure. Got to have a good board. Got to have if a good the board. the rocker's not there, the concave's with, pushing water. Without a doubt. It starts with the board, but the fins can definitely Change. enhance it yeah. or ruin it. And, yeah, for and, sure. You know, from a traveling perspective, but also just from, I mean, really, guys can have one surfboard and change their fins. Bigger, bigger fins for smaller waves, smaller fins for bigger waves is what I've always believed in. And you could literally have one or two boards and be able to switch out the fins. It's great. Yeah. Then you look at someone like a Tom Curran that's got yeah. that Derek Kine-inspired creation, and he's, you know, Ripping. gluing skimboards together and throwing these funky fins on there and all these weird things. And, and literally, mentally, as crazy as it sounds, he's playing with stuff and finding something that works. Yeah. And... uh you know, a lot of kids these days, they don't, fucking, they don't know. Yeah. Even with the shapers, you know, seeing, kind of comparing it to the photography before all the auto stuff happened and, and film um, was so prevalent. It was like, guys had to shape boards with the freaking planer. Yeah. Now there's a lot of shapers out there that probably never even touched a planer. Right? Yeah. That's crazy. Have. And like, I've touched a planer, but just touched it. Yeah. <laughs> I still, I never shaped a board, which bums, that's kind of silly but at the same time i just it just blows me away watching matt or any of those guys just take a piece of foam and spend an hour you know 40 minutes on it to get it from a block to like a visible cutout from the what the machines do now yeah yeah before they actually start really like fine-tuning the, the rails and putting the bottom in yeah so you still ride lost sports yeah and yeah what do you ride uh right now i would have been riding the freaking i know he has 100 models he's got so many models uh, I want to get a new round of fish retro, so I actually got to call him up and try to order a couple of new boards. But I've been right, I can't forget, not the step up one, but it's that swordfish is pretty good. I haven't ridden the swordfish, but I always loved the round. I was, I kind of round... really got into fishes, so the round yeah. fish has been fun. I was riding a puddle driver, the Uber driver, Uber it's been driver. fun. But I some, always, he's got I... some cool names for boards. Oh, yeah, short round's really good too. Yeah. Isn't there a buggy something? Baby buggy? Yeah, that's Baby like buggy. one of Taj's Sub -buggy? models. Sub -buggy? Well, he's got so many models. He's got so, so many. Crazy. 
well, he's got all these athletes yeah. and they, you know, they have their own models and then he has. Not yeah, that many, everything. actually. If you look on the website, he's, it's like Taj's and then like the driver, I think, is what most of those guys are riding, which is like a yeah. variation of what Chloe's been riding now, Griffin. and I mean, uh, yeah. I think the, the I haven't spent a lot of time lately on a thruster at all, which I need to break. Get what are you riding? I love, I love the quads. Quad. Yeah. I've always been I've been a quad guy for a long time. I love Gosh. the quads. On a fish style or like a regular board? Anything. Anything. Hmm. Yeah. Put a third, put a third fin in there. I it like... feels like I've got a dragon and anchor, but that that's also just because I'm a, not surfing that well anymore. So it's like I I need that freedom. Yeah. in there I'm not like yeah you just gotta mix it up yeah. don't get I, set in your ways yeah I'm set on two boards yeah a regular like groveler and then a, a like a retro mm-hmm. twin fin plus one a two plus hey, one yeah that's board. it's it's that's a huge part of having fun it doesn't yeah. matter what you ride but if you're having fun if you're going fast and you're turning yeah it's, it's I mean let's think some boards just don't go and you get on them and you Back when I was surfing a lot, it's like you'd get on a board and you could tell in the first couple of waves, like, yeah, you, the board's you, not working. Your yeah. guys' arrow was the fucking Kelly well, we had, yeah blades. Well, and they were putting a ton of rocker in there, which <laughs> I like flatter boards. And yeah, yeah. Kelly, I mean, Kelly's little slipper thing, whatever he was doing back in the day, that guy, he's a freak. Yeah. But back before the fin systems, when you literally would get a board with glass ons. You didn't have any options. Yeah. So now it's like I have had boards that I've ridden where I'm like, oh, it doesn't feel that good. And I'll change the fin configuration and then all of a sudden, oh, well, it feels a little better. Yeah. I hung on to glass-ons as long as I could. Yeah. Traveling with fin blocks and yeah. if I had to sacrifice bringing an extra board or two, you know, just to fit the glass-ons in. Now it's like a... Now yeah. it's like, yeah. It's like, whoa, yeah. what, you got it. Board with glass ons? No, not anymore. <laughs> not anymore. I'm still out there. We're still out there. Yeah. Just for shits and giggles. So tell us anything else about like, you know, Casey Curtis that people don't know. You like to hunt, you said. I see love you, the, you, love you the post. Love the what, what, and what kind of game do you go after? My favorite is going out. I go elk hunting every year. Trail elk hunting? Yeah. Like you go pheasant or bird or what do you, what do, you do? I go, we, we go dove hunting. I've been dove. dove hunting with my family since I... Since I was four, yeah, with my dad. So I got got into hunting through my dad. My dad liked to hunt, but we would always go September first is opening day for dove hunting. Yeah, so we'd always go dove hunting in Blythe or or Yuma, Arizona. Yeah, and that was always September first. So and that's like the kind of the start, like August, September, October, even November. Those four months are, are basically hunting. when when you would be able to go hunt deer, go hunt elk bird hunting opens and then duck hunting eventually opens and goes till about February. And, and you, you, uh, you're one of your hunting p- partners is Josh Hansen, right? Yeah. So me and me and Josh, which we knew each other, but never were like good friends. And then I kind of met him through repping and talking to him. And then one of my buddies was just like, dude, you should, you should talk to Josh about hunting. Yeah. My friend's like, Oh yeah, he, he loves to hunt. And so it, it's, I mean, hunting, especially if you're chasing big game, like, like elk's a whole different, um, it's a lot of, it's a lot. Yeah. It's, it's a lot. lot. And you don't get that, that many opportunities. So you got to really enjoy the mountains and being out there, which is the best part about it. But, uh, yeah. So I hit up Josh and, like, and I'm just like, Hey dude, you know, I heard you like to hunt. Let's, let's go on a hunting trip. And he's like, yeah, let's do it. So he grew up, um, which is kind of funny. He grew up in big sky in Bozeman in Montana. So like Don Hansen and Shirley, his mom, obviously 
ran Hanson's, but they've always had a house in Big Sky. So Josh, before he got into the industry, he went to junior high and high school out there and rode around the same mountains that we hunt now for the last seven years now um, with his dad and Sweet. on horseback. And so we we fly out to Bozeman, go up, post up at his house and from, from his house in Big Sky where we end up going where we have a camp, set up our camp or a few of the spots we like to hunt are all within like a 10-minute drive. Yeah. So it's like driving from here to the beach, parking your car and hiking in five miles. So we, we've been hunting... We first started, me and him went out. I, I had a buddy in Colorado that had a ranch. And so I got the Matson guys. I'm like, dude, you guys got to buy Josh an elk tag and, and I'll take him elk hunting, you know, business trip. Yeah. And they bid it, bid for it. So I'm like, sweet, you know. And I'm like, Josh, hey, we're, my buddy's got some landowner permits. I'm going to, let's drive out there and go hunt for a couple weeks. Yeah. So we did that for two years. Never shot an elk, but uh, had fun. And then he's like, hey, we should go to Montana where where I grew up hunting and so we've been going out there for like the last seven years and it's That's awesome have you, have it's you got amazing an elk? yeah I shot one this year with my rifle and uh shot a cow last year and then previous um haven't put one down yeah my biggest my, your, your, my your biggest figure. learning well I've had a few really good learning experiences out there but I missed a really good bull three years ago with my bow mm. which still haunts me a 30 yard shot a shot I'd make 99 times out of 100 and I just Put it right under its belly. Oh, so luckily he didn't wound it. But uh, me and Josh have had some, some incredible. I mean, being in the big mountains, being in like the remote, the remote, big mountains. The, the are you hiking land. in and camping, or oh, yeah. like day trips? No, we well we could do both, but yeah. we're set up. It just depends. But our main goals, we we have a wall tent that one of his buddies sets up. That's like a five mile hike in from the road. So we'll hike into that wall tent, set up, and then from there we'll hunt. But we've we've been going there almost every year. That's so cool. And it's grizzly, super grizzly. We've had some good big, grizzly bear experiences. We've had that's nuts. Some incredible big moose experiences, like moose yeah. coming in, like within this close to us, like pretty fun stuff. Yeah. <laughs> but it's exciting. It's, are they timid or just curious? Or are they like? Well, they like say the moose of... could be super. It could be a very aggressive animal and, and very dangerous. But they they. They, see they seem enough. super docile yeah. and stuff, but you got to be super careful. But they're not really scared of anything. So yeah. like, well, like how, the elk and the, the elk and the deer are, are pretty timid yeah. and, and super weary. And uh, but the moose are just like whatever. Yeah, uh, you know. But if where we hunt, I don't even is think actually, I could sleep and wink all night with the grizzlies out. I'd be like freaking. Yeah. Have you uh, gone skydiving with them? No. <laughs> I'm a firm believer that jumping out of a perfectly running plane is is is, is idiocracy. It's, 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 yeah, I, I give it to him. I, I keep thinking I want to do it, but then I'm like, Shit, why? Yeah, like, I'd like to try. I, that I would. I would like. I, I actually would what? like to do. What? It. Jumped out of a plane? No, but um, my daughter turns 18 this year, and that's her wish to, to jump go, out of a plane to go skydiving. So I told her I'd take her on her 18th birthday. Really? Wow. Yeah. I'll go with you guys. Yeah. 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 Hit up Josh. That would be unless sick. you have someone out here. But he, he took one of he took. Oh, uh, is, is that what he does for? He like, took Brady for his fiftieth birthday. Really? So I got yeah. He's got like a. Well, he he literally. I think that's. He does like, it a lot. Like we serve or play golf. Yeah. That's like he goes and jumps out of the plane like passions. every week. Like he loves it. Yeah. And his brother, his brother likes to do that as well. Okay, I'll have to look into that. That's right. awesome. 
so we always talk about like current events and the and the tour and and we're just big surf nerds and you know we're super excited to watch the pipe finally after a year of nothing Gosh. and then they shut it off again and we play fantasy we yeah. love watching the tour and the surf and i mean do you follow you follow it i'm, I'm a huge fan yes yeah. i love it yeah I, I mean it's are you in a, i love it every yeah we do the uh my brother, we'd had the one with a with like Jason family, a couple of, of uh, friends, like six yeah. of us, and it kind of puttered out. But my brother hooked me up with a, a friend of a friend of his, and there's like thirty of us, and we've been doing it for like five years. It's like, in, it's like a fifty bucks, fifty dollar buy in, yeah. and everybody you, you win some money at the you win everyone first and second wins something. Yeah, every event, and, and then, then at the end year. of the year there's like a yeah payout. But it's so much the, fun. The, the so trash much fun. talking, trash and talking, and just it's yeah. I mean, I would watch it anyways. There's certain events if the waves aren't that good where. But you're watching when. But the, when, I, when, when Chokes is going and their their pipes going, it's like it's hard to. Like I'm watching it. I'm yeah. glued to it. Yeah, that's awesome. And yeah. the surfing these days is just. Who's on your team? I almost always take Kelly because I just know he's going to keep winning stuff. Yeah. I always like to have Chloe. Um, Local boy. I've been taking John John, which is. No that's a type of tough one because everyone's got them. So it's yeah. like trying. The hard part's trying to pick those mid-tier, yeah. bottom-tier guys, the yeah. dark horses that. Well, Lyndon you know, doesn't take any Brazilians on so his like team. Jack Jack so Johnson. He's well, already I, not winning. You know Jack what? Johnson. I I was kind of the same way at first, but they all surf so good, and yeah. and there's a couple of them that you just never know when they're just going to be unstoppable. Yeah, especially at certain spots. It's low and freaking Gabriel. Gabriel and Italo are, are well, the top like, five. like John John. Like you take those top you five, it's like you, you, yeah. I look at the 30 guys that I'm in my pool with. Every single one of them's taken at least four of those five guys. Yeah. So it's like. Yeah. Your, your budget only allows you to take two, two of those top, top tier. Top seven, you know, guys. Yeah. And then after that, it's mid-tier and then your rookie. Uh, I, was, I was hoping to make some good, uh, which. Most people probably would have picked him, but I was looking forward to seeing Jack Robinson. Oh, yeah. yeah. And, 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 Griffin, and Griffin. Yeah. Griffin's so fun to watch surf. It's yeah. so crazy. They, they, all the guys were already over there, except maybe a couple guys that flew back to Cali. And, and it's like, man, why couldn't they just run the event? Yeah. At least Sunset. Well, I I mean, it kills me to see, you know, the NSSA and all the amateur events. Not even know? be able and, to run. And seeing how much Janice and Gaylene pour into the, you for know, sure. for decades. Yeah. Not just like, I mean, it's been decades that they've been yeah. developing the amateur ranks, which once again gives that platform for those younger kids to to yeah. win and, and make that transition to be a pro surfer. And it's yeah. like for them to not have events, but yet you can still go to Walmart. Yeah, yeah. When there's when there's a thousand people in there, but we yeah. can't. Like I would think, and my kids play sports like yours, so we've yeah. been you know volleyball and softball. But any of the outdoor sports, I feel like they should be able to. Play. Make it to where let the okay, kids play. yeah, let the yeah. kids play. Yeah. You know, the beach they could have it to where it's like okay, every family's got to be ten feet apart or whatever, yeah. or just come down for your heat. Like they could do stuff to they where it wouldn't it. be nearly as as bad, and they could totally fly under the radar. And it just it's a bummer that yeah, they're running it on the east coast, and you don't hear any like major drama. Like yeah, all these kids are and parents got COVID outbreaks. They're they're doing it respectfully on the beach, yeah. and I think it's, it hurts the youth. For sure. for sure, but it also hurts like all the events that go on down at all the 10, local you know, and all the business that Jacks and HSS get from you know being in the restaurants a, and participants yeah. of the events and getting all those 
people coming and going. Yeah, my, like, my, my wife's driving my our, our middle son and another teammate to Utah this weekend for a water polo tournament. Wow. Yeah. We were like, you're going on. <laughs> yeah. uh, just, are uh, you, just are you surfing um, for San Clemente for West Coast board riders? No, I haven't done no, any of that. And if I did, I would probably... I would, I would be on the Data, Data, Point? Data Points team. Yeah. Ooh. And I, I, that's respectable because a lot of people like. Well, and that's it's really that's really is. where yeah, I, I yeah. where my surfing roots are. Like yeah. I grew up in San Clemente. I grew up in Dana Point. Who who heads up Dana Point? Kirchink. Um, no. no. And Eric Diamond. Oh, Diamond. 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 Yeah. yeah. Eric Diamond. Diamond. Pat's Indeed. been helping. Yeah. Pat. Yeah. Yeah. And well, when we and start Benny's going, on hopefully, and, uh, hopefully you get on. Well, I'm gonna there. start practicing. Yeah. Look at you all talk. What? What? Why don't you do it? I will. Yeah, right. I, I've done one. Come on, dude. No, those things seem so awesome. Like, I yeah. went and watched a couple of them. They, like, I remember going to Australia, and then Australia, that's, they've always been yeah, like that, yeah. where they have their, their clubs, and they do their surf clubs, and, like, every every good surfer comes from one club, club or the other. Yeah, for sure. So the fact that it's taken us so long to figure it out is yeah. kind of yeah. hilarious, because it's, you I look what think... it's done, like, for Santa Cruz, and... Yeah. The Central Coast and I've been know, uh, Ventura. I've been telling people on the East Coast about it, and uh, you know the dudes from Heritage, Kev Mo mm-hmm. and uh, Yep, Kev Mo's awesome. He's awesome, and I I kept telling dude, you guys got to start. We're we're killing, you know, not killing it, but we're it's it's starting to become a thing here, you know, and it's up and down the the West Coast but, now. You guys got to get it going. Yeah, and they finally got it going, and then if you look at it now, there's a uh, Tons all from New Jersey all the way down to Florida. Yeah, Florida's awesome. got a ton. Yeah. Of, um, of, uh, Dude, they, they have such great teams. There's so many like... Oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, lately, like uh, there's a Space Coast Board Riders Club. I didn't know. Jacksonville, St. Augustine. Like, oh, wow. There's, they're starting to get... And you know, Florida's been open for a while now. Oh, for sure. And uh, they've been posting... All kinds of workouts and uh, events lately, so yeah. it's pretty busy. And and Corey's back there full time, so they got some. Yeah, and they and some guys. CJ's yeah. back there full time, right? Shay's 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 back there full time. Going, yeah. I'm just make, talking, you know, those generations. Like you got the yeah. old reps like us, all the yeah. old pros that have, you know, are still. It's a great concept. Still doing it, but then the youth. The guy, you know, yeah. and when we go, guys we see everybody we know, yeah, and then hang out with families. It's great, great events, events. Yeah. and it supports the community, and it gives the the kids where there, you know, there's no national team anymore, yeah. or you know, maybe the parents don't have all this money to hire a, a coach and a private right. instructor. Where, you know, our HB, you got Brett Simpson, Brandon Gilmet, you know, oh, yeah. Danny Nichols, yeah. Jeff Deffenbaugh, me if they don't want to win heats, but you know, like. <laughs> Um, but you know, and everybody helps out the kids and they want to, you know, help yeah. bring them up and, and, uh, I mean, I think that, to feedback. be honest, I think that's kind of the future of, of for sure contests for sure until they can get those NSAs back going. And, yeah. Yeah. and even when they do, that's still like a great thing. Like you said, just that camaraderie and, you know, our generation helping out the younger generation. And, yeah. You know, we just need some of those big companies to put some more marketing dollars behind each. Yeah. yeah. So. What what what's who's who's the best surfer right now, Dunga? Gabriel? Why are you feeding him? Why don't you just say Kelly? who's the best surfer? 
Quit giving them well, Jordy. If I had to think about the last two months, Julian. I would say Peter Mel. Peter Mel. Woo! Yeah, Peter Mel, the Condor. Uh, honestly, I mean, yeah, all those guys you mentioned are, are incredible, but I think John John's the, hands down the best surfer yeah. in the world. Yeah. Did you I see think, that? I think, uh, I think Gabriel's a, a close second. Yeah. It'll O2. Yeah. Did Gabriel. you see the, uh, was it Vans, Triple Crown, Digital, whatever, awards? I didn't watch it. John John won for men's, and I think Carissa Moore won for yeah, women. Cool. Yeah. But they showed a clip of John John, I think it's Sunset. Yeah. But he, I mean, Sunset is, and it's big Sunset, it's good size Sunset. Yeah. And the way he surfs it, you're just, you know how you, you like, yeah. that's a hard wave. He's laying on Sunset rail, is a super hard wave to surf. Yeah. And to surf it, like some of those guys do, like they're riding a six foot point break. Yeah. That's how he's like riding the, it. the rail turns he's doing and the timing is like, the, is dude, unbelievable when you when you the board placement on the wave later on when you have a like a chance swimmer. to check it out I forget where I watched it but it was WSL or Stab or I saw some of the highlights I saw his two but the way he surfs this wave like a big drop in big wave drop in full on gnarly bottom turn yeah and then straight up yeah. in the hook or you know I'm just like, just timing and speed and flow two in a row well, what's trippy, like, trippy for me is that they're all riding, you know, their quiver, their Hawaiian quivers are like, six, I, got, eight, I got three six O's and three six twos, and then when it gets really big, I'm busting out my six four. It's like, crazy. Like literally, that's those guys. Like John John's probably riding a six four in that, yeah, that sunset. And he's yeah. six one, and yeah, it's like, not, like when I big. when we were out doing it, it was like I didn't even have a shortboard. It was like I don't I think had, I like, paddle out sunset number yeah. seven two. Yeah, so it was like. You had your six six for your you know normal everyday stuff, maybe yeah. a shortboard. Yeah, and then it was like seven zero seven six eight two. Yeah. So yeah, sunset. Yeah, I don't think I ever paddled out there less than a seven six. <laughs> it's crazy how things have changed yeah. dramatically so much. Yeah, it's pretty wild. It's good though. Yeah. It's all, obviously, you look so at I, the talent, the way they're they're surfing. You're like, yeah, it's just same volume, yeah. it's just different different places. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So recap. Dude, this is gonna do it all over again? Yeah, we gotta do yeah. it all over. So amazing, you know, long successful. Up, like I mean challenge, challenging like pro career, yeah. like making the moves, going through the injuries, coming back and having your most successful years in your mid to late twenties yeah. to getting that opportunity to become a rep, right, from you know, you know, trying to juggle both. Yeah. I mean I think that's the transition transition that I I took and most take is like, hey, I can't just flip a switch and go, you know, baby steps or or a nice transition. But um, you know, Hoven giving you that opportunity yep. and then block and then yeah, you blocks know. blocks been huge. Matson's been huge and Salty Crew obviously yeah. has been huge. And yeah. you know, the cool thing is I I love the brands I work with. For I absolutely sure. love everybody there, and it's been it's been fun. Yeah. But, you know, going back to, to the recap, it's like, here you are. The, the thing that I, I found really, you know, surprising is how you, you grew up in San Clemente pretty yeah. much. And you, you know, by by what you said, you weren't that great of a surfer because you were, weren't really into it. Mm -hmm. But moving to Santa Barbara, Goleta, 
help that's help where, light the fire for sure. Yeah, like that's where you kind of. Well, he was into it. He, just didn't, he couldn't ride a bike to the beach. He had to rely yeah. on, on like <laughs> getting a ride. So that limits well, your. I just your never thought. Of, never thought I'd be doing contests. Yeah. yeah. And then, and then you come back and you make the national team, yeah. make the national team, have really good success in the early pro-ams and, yep. you know, and I, I hate to look, you know, to say, oh, what if, you know, like, what if you didn't blow out your knees? Yep. You know, what kind of career you could have had, but who cares? Yep. Like you said, you can't change the future from looking back at the past. Right. Yep. But it's, it's neat that, uh, you know, Galita back to San Clemente, then to Hawaii. Yeah, I've never guessed. Chasing a girl, mm-hmm. right? Pretty much. Pretty much. And then... Becoming which friends was, with, Which was with the amazing... best decision I ever made. Yeah. It was, it was yeah, look at the... The, the re- friends I made, the, the surfing I got the yeah. experience over there. It that was, honed your skills... It was... It was that it honed was your skills incredible. even more yeah. and helped prepare you to be the, the surfer, pro surf, the next level of pro surfing in your mm-hmm. career. Okay, hold that thought for a second. Your roommates with Hank, you slept on the floor. Did you get a shot of you printed? <laughs> I, I did get a couple yes. of Hank photos. Yeah, Hank. He better. <laughs> not, too, not too many because he was, uh, Archie was always there. And yeah, he, he, was, no, I'm just he, would get, he would get the best photos off the Hank wall. Hank photo. Yeah, Hank, Hank was in, incredible. Nice. He was I heard so he was fun. a kneeboarder back in the day. He was a full kneeboarder. Yeah. yeah. He was a kneeboarder at Creek and he was an asshole. Like, <laughs> like all the guys at, at Creek were. Like all the older guys, which I'm I'm all friends with now, but it was yeah. I mean, same thing with Huntington, Northside, yeah. Southside, or Newport. Like there was just a group of guys, the Kershanks and Billies and you know Hank and I mean, there's a handful of guys that were good surfers, not great surfers, but they held it down. Yeah. So you Casey. didn't just paddle out there and be like, oh, I'm paddling out, right? Some points going off. I'm Casey. Like, oh, gravels is good. I'm gonna just paddle. Yeah. Out there. Casey, would you call those guys salty crew? <laughs> <laughs> They're pretty freaking salty. Thanks about as salty as they get. Oh, that's so funny. Yeah. Well, shoot. Yeah. It's been two and a half hours. Thanks, bro. Yeah, Thank you guys. Okay, now, can, now can you get over to the surf shop and do some count, Phil? All right, yeah. later. I'm going yeah. to have to. <laughs> Let's not forget to thank our sponsors today. Yeah, Pot of Sushi Pot coming of sushi. through. Thank that you so awesome. much. New tasty, yeah. tasty beverages from Ashland. Yeah, and some hard Get one of these in San Clemente. Bonsai yeah. Bowl. Yeah. Well, Casey, Knee Brace, Curtis. <laughs> Thanks uh, I'll bring sh- you one. I got like 12 of them. Uh, you? In he, my he's got bad knees. I got bad knees. Yeah. Thank you so much, dude. This yeah. has been um, an honor and a privilege. It's fun hanging out with you. You're freaking one of the best sales reps out there. Next yeah. to uh, Next to, to you two. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, uh, let's dream of life. Instead of working, let's go surfing. Yeah, sounds good. All right, or invite hunting. us to your salty crew uh, sales meeting at Surf Ranch. Yeah, yeah. you hear that? Or, or, or go sling some arrows. You hear that, pirate? All right, let's do that. Let's sling some arrows. Yeah, let's jump out of a plane. Let's do it all. <laughs> all right, peace. Later, later, guys. Thanks for tuning in. We hope you enjoyed the show. Please give us a five-star rating and spread the word. Special thanks to our good friends, James Williams for our awesome artwork and Justin Reynolds for the amazing music.